or at radio.com. Friday, the 22nd of December. Let's begin this hour in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Lord, come and reward your people's hope. Your birth was announced by the prophets. Strengthen those reborn in you. You came to heal the contrite of heart. Deliver your people from their sorrows. You came to bring life to all the lowly, the afflicted and the poor. Console the childless, the aging, the hungry and the oppressed. God, our Father, you so loved the world that you sent your only Son to bring life to those doomed to death. Raise up in him all who long to be delivered from the oppression of sin and death. We rejoice in hope as we look forward to the celebration of his coming, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, God, forever and ever. Amen. It is a better way to start a Friday morning as we are in the home stretch of the season of Advent. So we got Advent tomorrow on the 23rd. Next thing you know, it'll be fourth Sunday of Advent in the morning, Christmas Eve at night. So glad you're spending your last little moments of Advent uh, with us here on the radio. I'm Matt Swaim. Anna Mitchell has news. Paul Lockman at the controls. And up this hour, Joe Heschmeyer will be along uh, from Catholic Answers. Rita Heikenfeld uh, has some more tips from the kitchen for a festive holiday recipe. Uh, She'll also talk about the 12 days of Christmas and their symbolic significance. We'll get more translations of Advent readings and hymns with Dr. Benjamin Lewis from the International Commission on English and the Liturgy. And Father Hezekiah Carnazzo will be along from the Institute of Catholic Culture to preview the Sunday Mass readings for the fourth Sunday of Advent. Stay with us if you are able. Right now it is two minutes past. Here's Anna with news. Good morning. The U.S. is supporting a resolution being drafted by the U.N. Security Council that calls for a pause in the Israeli war to allow aid to flow into Gaza. Ambassador Linda Thomas-Greenfield said yesterday that the U.S. is ready to move forward on the resolution, which calls for urgent and extended humanitarian pauses in the fighting for a sufficient number of days to allow unhindered humanitarian access. The resolution also calls for a U.N.-appointed coordinator to pre-scan all the aid going into Gaza. A vote on the resolution is scheduled for today. The Latin Patriarch of Jerusalem is saying the true meaning of Christmas is more important than ever this year. Vatican News reports Cardinal Pierre Batista Pizzaballa released a Christmas video message yesterday. He said, God becomes flesh out of love and communicates to us a new way of being in the world which is to give one's life out of love for others. Pope Francis gave his annual Christmas address to the Roman Curia yesterday, taking up the theme of synodality and warning against what he described as ideological rigidity. From Vatican Radio, Linda Bordoni reports. Let us remain vigilant against rigid ideological positions that often, under the guise of good intentions, separate us from reality and prevent us from moving forward. 
The Pope said we are called to set out and journey like the Magi, following the light that always desires to lead us on, at times along unexplored paths and new roads. He encouraged those present to listen to one another and to others so they can evolve to truly offer service to the Catholic Church. And he noted that fearfully sticking to rules may give the appearance of avoiding problems but only ends up hurting the service that the Vatican Curia is called to give to the Church. The Pope upheld Mary, whose open-hearted reception of the angel's message serves, he said, as a reminder that true listening involves an interior openness needed to enter into a relationship with God. He recalled the example of John the Baptist, whose humility and courage allowed him to practice discernment, a virtue, he said, that frees us from the illusion of omniscience and challenges the temptation to perpetuate familiar patterns. Pope Francis also cited the teachings of the Second Vatican Council, noting that 60 years after the Council, we are still debating the division between progressives and conservatives. This isn't difference, he said. The real difference is between lovers and those who have lost that initial passion. The Christian faith is not meant to confirm our sense of security, to let us settle into comfortable religious certitudes and to offer us quick answers to life's complex problems. When God calls, he concluded, he sends us on a journey. He draws us out of our comfort zones, our complacency about what we have already done, and in this way, he sets us free. I'm Linda Bodoni. The chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff and China's top military official talked for the first time in more than a year yesterday. The Pentagon said U.S. officials hoped the video teleconference could lead to a restoration of ties between the world's two biggest militaries. Air Force General Charles Q. Brown's office said the Joint Chiefs chairman and the head of China's People's Liberation Army touched on what were termed a number of global and regional security issues. The White House is responding to the migrant surge at the U.S.-Mexico border by sending some of its top brass. Trey Thomas reports. Top Biden administration officials will head to Mexico in the coming days as there's a huge surge of migrants crossing the southern border. Additional enforcement actions are urgently needed so that key ports of entry can be reopened across our shared border. National Security Council spokesman John Kirby told reporters the Secretary of State and DHS Secretary will meet with the President of Mexico. I'm Trey Thomas. And the New York City townhouse from Home Alone 2 is up for sale. The Upper West Side home where Kevin McAllister outsmarted the sticky bandits at his uncle's house has been listed on Zillow for $6.7 million dollars. The home has been upgraded since it was featured in the film and now has a wine cellar, a snack bar, and a private garden. Just in okay. case anyone's interested. Uh, it's probably lots of, it's still probably lots of traps in there. I was going to say, I wonder if the sticky bandits would still try to. You know what? I'm not a, uh, I mean, call me an originalist. Um, I like A New Hope. I like Raiders of the Lost Lark. Lost Ark. Of the Lost and, Lark. Uh, Lost Lark. Lost Ark. They lost that too. And I like uh, I like the original Home Alone. <laughs> I know you do, Chazzy. So uh, yeah, anything after that? I actually am not very familiar with uh, with any of the further Home Alone episodes. Hmm. Does it involve uh, a kid setting lots of traps in a place for? Yeah, 
I mean, generally speaking. For Joe Pesci and the guy who played Brickma? I mean, <laughs> I think it's still Macaulay Culkin. Is there like a kind of an older person who's strange that the kid befriends? No doubt. Does uh, everybody kind of like realize how much they miss their family at the end of it? Yep. No doubt. No doubt. Yeah. Then I've already seen this film. It's called Home Alone. Well, it's in New York. Oh. Well, then, Anna Mitchell. And apparently they're the wet bandits, not the sticky bandits. In in the regular Home Alone, they are. Probably Hmm. just change things up for the movie. Probably driving Paul Lockman nuts. You know, this is the soundtrack to his childhood. Home Alone 2. I know. He's... He's looking rather downcast at your assessment of this movie. Oh, well. No, he's not, actually. (laughs) Oh, today is Friday, December the 22nd. We are happy to have you along with us here on the Sunrise Morning Show on EWTN Radio. It's eight past. Joe Heschmeyer joining us now on the Sunrise Morning Show. He's an apologist with Catholic Answers and host of the Shameless Popery podcast, which you can find at Catholic.com. Joe, good morning. <laughs> Thanks for having me. You bet. Okay, so we are going to talk about the Holy Innocents today, their feast celebrated in the church within the Christmas octave on December 28th. And Since we're never live here on the Sunrise Morning Show, uh, I wanted to talk with you about them today. And we learn about them in the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 2, verse 16 says, Then Herod, when he saw that he had been tricked by the wise men, was in a furious rage and had sent and killed all the male children in Bethlehem and in all that region who were two years old or under, according to the time which he had ascertained from the wise men. Then was fulfilled what was spoken by the prophet Jeremiah. A voice was heard in Ramah, wailing and loud lamentation, Rachel weeping for her children. She refused to be consoled because they were no more. Now, Joe, the church honors these children as martyrs, but one might wonder how that could be possible if these children, two years old or younger, they would have had no idea who Jesus Christ was or had any idea why they were being murdered by Herod's men. So I think the first thing we need to get straight here is what is a martyr? Yeah, I mean, a martyr is one who's a witness for Christ. And so normally, you're right, a martyr is someone who... They are so in love with Jesus Christ that they they give their life for him. Uh, but there's a sense in martyrdom in which the reality of good and evil is revealed. And in the Holy Innocence, that's also true. We see the, the horrible wickedness of Herod and of kind of the secular culture of the age, if you will. And so there is what's sometimes called the odium fidei, the hatred of the faith. Mm. And so these are children who die for Jesus Christ. And so they're rightly regarded as martyrs. You know, all of us can say Jesus died for us. This small handful can say we died for him. And they join Christian martyrs across the ages in being able to say that. But, you know, know, you're talking about kind of looking ahead towards the octave of Christmas. And I would say that we get actually a really good, I guess you could call it a catechesis on martyrdom, 
because there's three feasts that are kind of back to back. You've got the Holy Innocents, who, as you've said, they are martyrs in deed, but not in will. They didn't decide to be martyrs, but they were. Uh, you've got St. John the Apostle, who is the opposite. He's totally willing to be martyred. He's he's ready to put his life on the line for Jesus Christ, but he's the only one of the apostles who isn't martyred. And then you've got St. Stephen, who's sometimes called the proto-martyr. He's the first Christian martyr uh, in both will and deed. He's the first one to really consciously uh, put his life on the line and be martyred. So it gives us you know, a different way to think about how martyrdom works. So you have these three different models, if you will, of martyrdom, that there are times where you want to do a good thing for God. There are times where uh, you want to do a good thing for God, but you're not able to. And there are times where the situation is sort of thrust upon you. And so all of those things happen in small ways in our life and in big ways in the lives of these martyrs. So this is possible even though those those children were not baptized? Yeah, it's true. So this is someone's called a baptism of blood. They die for Jesus Christ. They die actually before the institution of baptism as well, as in terms of the you know the creation of the new covenant. So there's never been a doubt that they were you know born from above mm-hmm. and were received into heaven. You know, no one was saying, well, I don't know if they're going to be able to go to heaven or not because they didn't live long enough to hear about baptism. No, there, there's no worries about that at all. Well, Joe, how did their death reveal Christ as the new Moses? Yeah, because if you remember, you know, the early chapters of Exodus and you have this mass slaughter of the innocents, then this is eerily paralleled uh, here with the slaughter of, of the innocents. And where does Jesus go with his family? Well, he goes into Egypt and then has to come back out of Egypt. And so it should be setting off all kinds of Exodus alarm bells for us that, okay, uh, just as Israel once went down into Egypt to avoid a famine, and then after this massacre of holy innocents back then uh, came up into the promised land, well, here Jesus is fulfilling this in his own person, even in his infancy. There's the flight down into Egypt and then the return to Israel. So, Joe, I mean, this is all great, but some people may be thinking this is not fair to those poor children who were, I mean, obviously we call them the holy innocents. They were completely innocent. Um, So can you talk about how this is actually an honor, a gift that has been bestowed on these children by Christ himself? Yeah, I mean, there's certainly a sense in which this is tragic. Sure. And, you know, no one is saying Herod did the right thing here. Sure. And so we want to, you know, obviously honor that. And I think Matthew's gospel does a good job of showing the kind of horror of the event. But we can say at the same time, these are children who live two years or less. And instead of living and dying in obscurity and dying of whatever disease of the age or of old age or whatever it would have been, they instead had this brief time on earth and then eternity in heaven and are honored for millennia afterwards. It's it's actually an incredible privilege, you know, even from a parent's perspective. And the idea of losing a child is, is horrific, but the idea that your child would be honored for thousands of years, but more importantly, would be pleasing to God and, and spend eternity with him in heaven has to be of great consolation. And as a reminder for our, all of us that, that martyrdom is a grace bestowed on us. Right. This is not something we can earn or cause for ourselves. There was a controversy in the early church where you would have people 
who would try to be martyrs because they knew the high esteem uh, martyrs were held in, in the church, in the eyes of God. And so if you go back even to a second century document like the martyrdom of Polycarp, there's a contrast between Polycarp, who's willing to be martyred and eventually is, uh, but then there are other people who rashly try to get themselves martyred. They, you know, turn themselves in and they, they haven't been given the grace of martyrdom. And so it's really kind of horrific because these are people who end up apostatizing, who end up denying the faith under torture because Christ has not called them to this uh, particular way of, of showing the faith to the world. So, yeah, th this is one of those things that we should bear in mind, that martyrdom isn't something we earn. It is, at the end of the day, a true grace from God. Well, thank you so much, Joe Heschmeyer. You can read more of his thoughts on this over at Catholic.com. I know many of you out on the roads today, so let's take a look at weather across the nation. There will be rain showers across the mid-Mississippi River Valley and Great Lakes region throughout the day. The same storm system that's been plaguing Southern California with drenching rain will move east and now bu dump buckets of rain over the southwest. Extreme Southern California and Arizona will see the heaviest showers with the possibility of flash flooding. Rain will likely spread into Nevada, Utah, and New Mexico. In the Pacific Northwest, a cold front is sweeping in and bringing a lot of moisture with it. Higher elevations, especially in the Cascades, will see snow with accumulations ranging from a couple of inches to a foot by tomorrow morning. Lower elevations, the precipitation will be rain, potentially with some sleet mixed in. Rain and snow showers will spread into the northern Rockies during the evening and overnight hours. As for the rest of the country, folks can expect an overall dry and quiet day on the East Coast, Deep South, Great Plains, and Central Rockies. Back with headlines after this. It's 17 past. Support is from Solidarity HealthShare. Do you have an insurance plan that pays for everything, even things that violate your beliefs? Have you ever felt there has to be a better way, but didn't know you had any options? If you answered yes, I've got some good news for you. There is a better way and a more affordable way. Solidarity HealthShare can save you hundreds of dollars each month while actually supporting your beliefs. Because the best news is that Solidarity HealthShare costs a whole lot less than insurance. It's time to jump in and put your money where your faith is and put some money back into your wallet at the same time. Join Solidarity HealthShare, a faith-based healthcare sharing community. Prices start as low as $384 a month for families. Call to see how much you can save. 844-334-3245. That's 844-334-3245. Solidarity HealthShare. 844-334-3245. Got a coffee lover on your Christmas list this year? Give them the gift of Mystic Monk Coffee. The Carmelite Monks of Wyoming have a number of seasonal blends that would make for a great Christmas morning brew. And when you purchase it, after clicking the Mystic Monk link at sunrisemorningshow.com, you support the monks and the show. If your coffee lover is also a fan of the Sunrise Morning Show, pick up a mug or travel mug for them in our online store. Get a mug and link to Mystic Monk Coffee at sonrisemorningshow.com. That's sunrisemorningshow.com. Are you a new listener to EWTN Radio? Well, 
welcome. We're here for you 24-7. You'll hear live and interactive shows throughout the day to answer any questions you may have about the Catholic faith. There's trustworthy news from a Catholic perspective. And a large selection of podcasts available at EWTN's Podcast Central. And, of course, the daily mass, prayers, and everything you need to edify your soul. Welcome to EWTN Radio. We're blessed to have you with us. 19 past. Here's Anna with headlines. The U.S. has said it will support a resolution being drafted by the U.N. Security Council that calls for a pause in the Israeli war for humanitarian aid to Gaza. Pope Francis gave his annual Christmas address to the Roman Curia, warning against what he described as ideological rigidity. And the Holy Father is sending the prefect of the dicastery for the service of charity to the Holy Land. Anna Mitchell, just to come back to our Home Alone conversation, uh, you ah, may yes. know that uh, Pope Leo XIII was actually born Vincenzo Gioacchino Raffaele Luigi Pecci. Pecci. A.K.A. Gioacchino Pecci. Joe Pecci. Thanks, Matt. Although his first name was Vincenzo, so I think his friends called him Vinny. Vinny. There you have it. Stuff you can't get. Oh, man. It's 21 minutes past the hour. As you plan your end of year giving, please consider including Sacred Heart Radio. Your gift helps sustain our radio presence, not just for you, but including those who may tune into Catholic Radio for the first time in 2024. All gifts are tax deductible and help to share the good news of Christ and the culture of life across seven media platforms. To give a tax-deductible donation or set up a monthly pledge, visit sacredheartradio.com and click Donate or use the Venmo app at Sacred Heart Radio. And thank you for your support of Sacred Heart Radio. Support for Sacred Heart Radio is from Delhi and Harrison Pet Centers with everything your pet needs from guppies to puppies. Offering curbside pickup in-store and online shopping at DelhiPetCenter.com. That's DelhiPetCenter.com. Support for Sacred Heart Radio is from Hoting Realtors. Equipped with the latest technology and market knowledge, Hoting Realtors can make the buying and selling process easier. 513-451-4800 and Hoting.com. Offering Catholic retreats based on Ignatian spirituality. The Jesuit Spiritual Center invites you to a weekend of prayer and renewal. As you begin a new year, take time to slow down, refocus, and experience the peace of Christ that surpasses all understanding. Register now at JesuitSpiritualCenter.com. JesuitSpiritualCenter.com. That's JesuitSpiritualCenter.com. JesuitSpiritualCenter.com. When you donate your car to St. Vincent de Paul of Cincinnati, you are showing your care by making it a vehicle for hope to transform lives. Your donation of a car, truck, or RV helps provide basic needs to struggling neighbors, and they'll pick it up for free. Find out more at 421care.org. Support for Sacred Art Radio is from Molly Maid of Westchester. With 30 years of trusted, quality service and a 100% satisfaction guarantee. 1-800-MOLLY-MADE or at mollymade.com. Molly Maid, a clean you can trust. It is time for Bible Foods with Rita Heikenfeld from AboutEating.com. And this time of year, there are so many different ways to talk about food and tradition and story and family and wrap it all together. Rita, good morning. Good morning, and you know how I love these legends. I do indeed. Let's talk about the 12 days of Christmas. Uh, this is a song that a lot of people don't realize, 
the 12 days of Christmas start at Christmas. And uh, some people over the years have tried to figure out ways to make those numbers of those things match different things that relate to our faith. So if you could uh, set the stage for us a little bit. Oh, sure. You know, that, that Christmas song, The Twelve Days of Christmas, there's a legend um, behind it. And here it is. It's that the song was a sort of kind of secret catechism for kids. Um, that could be sung in public in England. Now, this is from like the 1500s, Matt, to the mid-1800s without fear of arrest because uh, sometimes during those times, Catholics in England uh, weren't permitted to practice their faith openly. And so the first one, the partridge in a pear tree, is, of course, Jesus. And then the true love that's mentioned um, in the song refers to God himself. And then the me quote-unquote, receiving all the gifts, is every Christian. And what I love is that there's a passage in Luke 13 about how uh, a bird wanted to keep her kids safe under her wings, sort of like uh, Jesus said to Jerusalem, how often would I have sheltered thee under my wings as a hen does her chicks, but you wouldn't let me. So I love that passage as well. Also, you know, you have the image of Christ, uh, you know, on a tree that is in every Catholic church, right? Uh, the uh, the idea of the cross, the wood of the cross. I mean, there's so many layers to that analogy. But let's talk about the two turtle doves. Oh, I love this, too. The Old and the New Testaments. Doesn't that make sense? There you go. There you go. Then we got three French hens. Yeah, um, the three French hens, Matt, stand for faith, hope, and love. And then the four calling birds. Those, of course, are the four Gospels. All right. Now, out of all the things that you've said so far, I feel like you'd probably be okay with some French hens. Um, <laughs> I, but I'm pretty sure that if Frank set you up with five golden rings, you'd be a lot happier. Oh, well, I think so, because I've already got the hens, and I don't have five golden rings. Yeah. And um, the five golden rings uh, recall the Hebrew, which is the Torah, the law, the first five books of the Old Testament, so I love that, too. And then the six geese laying stand for the six days of creation. So that's just such a visual there, too. And then the seven swans a-swimming represent the seven gifts of the Holy Spirit, including one of my favorites, which I'm still trying to achieve, is wisdom. There you go. I need all the help I can get on that one. Uh -huh. uh, and then the, we get to the eight maids of milking. The eight maids of milking uh, represent the eight Beatitudes. Uh, there are so many great ones in the Beatitude. I think um, this time of year around the world, you know, you and I are able to uh, go to Mass real easy. Mm -hmm. And I know that there are so many Christians around the world for whom it is difficult or they face persecution and opposition. So when I hear blessed are those who are persecuted for uh, Jesus's name's sake. I always think of my brothers and sisters around the world who, who don't have the freedom that we do here to worship Christ publicly. Yeah, and that's a, a great way to remember that too. One of my favorites in the Eight Beatitudes is "Blessed are the peacemakers." Um, important now in this time, of course, too, because they shall be called children of God. Again, I think that's really um, pretty appropriate for this time. And then the nine ladies dancing are the nine fruits of the Holy Spirit. And one of my favorites, I want to know what yours is, mine is joy this time of year, just joy. 
Uh, I'm going to go with patience. <laughs> the, uh, <laughs> I do that all the time, yeah. The fruits of the yeah. Spirit, depending on the, the way I memorized the list, was love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. And Paul goes on to say in Galatians 5, against these things there is no law. There's no law against you being patient. Isn't <laughs> you know, that the truth? Um, how about the ten lords of leaping? Well, those are so familiar. Those, of course, are the Ten Commandments. I mean, again, such a great analogy there. And then the eleven pipers piping represent the eleven faithful apostles. So, and then the twelve drummers drumming, the twelve points of doctrine, and the apostles' creed. And uh, rather than go through the whole thing, you should uh, go back and look at the apostles' creed and try and make it turn it into bullet points, and you'll see those twelve those twelve things. You know, not a bad way to remember basically a whole bunch of important stuff about our faith by just learning one Christmas song. Mm-hmm, for sure, for sure. All right, so you've got a pomegranate vinaigrette. Uh, this is this is great because pomegranates are a fun fruit to eat this time of year. They look cool in like a Christmas like fruit basket, uh, but they also are biblical. And uh, my guess is that this pomegranate vinaigrette that you're going to suggest uh, not only has some good like seasonal flavor to it, but probably also adds like some nice color to the table. Oh, it's beautiful. Red, the pomegranate seeds are red, and really, really easy. Uh, You just take some pomegranate seeds, and if you don't have the seeds, you could use juice. Uh, Put all this in a blender, the pomegranate seeds, some olive oil, some maple syrup, lemon juice, and white balsamic vinegar or uh, just white wine vinegar if you don't have the balsamic, a big squirt of Dijon mustard, salt and pepper, and you just whirl that in the blender, and it turns a lovely pink. And depending on your blender, it'll be either chunky or smooth, real smooth. Um, It makes a lovely dressing for Christmas because you've got the greens and then the red. And then I've got, of course, a tip on how to remove the pomegranate seeds on my site. You know, I've followed your advice on pomegranate uh, peeling and seeding. <laughs> yeah. And I'm getting better, but I still make an awful mess of it every time I try and do a pomegranate. So, but I love them. They're oh, fun. Yeah. They're so cool looking on the inside. But uh, we've got this recipe for pomegranate vinaigrette from Rita Heikenfeld. It's right there in the show notes. The whole thing at sunrisemorningshow.com. Click on over to About Eating and say hello to Rita. Rita, Merry Christmas. We'll talk to you in the new year. Uh, We sure will. And Merry Christmas to everybody at Sacred Heart Sunrise Morning Show. Thank you so much. Half past the hour, here's Anna with news. Good morning. The U.S. is now supporting a resolution that's being drafted by the U.N. Security Council which calls for a pause in the Israeli-Hamas war to allow aid to flow into Gaza. Ambassador Linda Thomas-Greenfield said yesterday the U.S. is ready to move forward on the resolution. It calls for urgent and extended humanitarian pauses in the fighting for a sufficient number of days to allow unhindered humanitarian access. The resolution also calls for UN, a U.N.-appointed coordinator to pre-screen all the aid going into Gaza. A vote on the resolution is scheduled for today. The Latin Patriarch of Jerusalem is saying that the true meaning of Christmas is more important than ever this year. 
From Vatican Radio, Lisa Zingarini reports. Cardinal Pierbattista Pizzaballa in his Christmas message referred to the ongoing war in Eastern Europe, but in particular to the conflict in the Holy Land, where he said, Since October the 7th, we have fallen into an abyss of hatred, resentment, revenge, violence and death, which have struck the Israeli society and now affect Palestinians. The Patriarch recalled specifically the humanitarian crisis unfolding in Gaza and also the hardships endured by the small Christian community in Bethlehem in the West Bank. In this dramatic situation, he noted, everyone is closed in their pain, while instead Christmas reminds us that God comes to us, makes himself present among us, and opens our hearts to meeting others and to recognizing the other as an important part of oneself. Cardinal Pizzaballa remarked that despite all the violence, we must not forget the true meaning of the Christmas message that God becomes flesh out of love and communicates to us a new way of being in the world, which is to give one's life out of love for others. Saying yes to God, he said, means opening up to dialogue, reconciliation, forgiveness and friendship. The Latin Patriarch of Jerusalem therefore concluded the message by calling on the faithful in the Holy Land and across the world to raise their gaze beyond the pain and to see God's work being done. He is truly the Lord of history, of the personal history of each one of us and of the history of the world, he said. I am Lisa Zingarini. Pope Francis is sending the prefect of the Dicastery for the Service of Charity to the Holy Land as a sign of solidarity. Vatican News reports Cardinal Konrad Krajewski will spend Christmas with the local church in the region. A statement from the Dicastery says Cardinal Krajewski will join this great invocation for peace together with the Latin Patriarch of Jerusalem, Cardinal Pizzaballa, and the entire local church to celebrate the birth of Jesus, the Prince of Peace, and the only hope of our world, end quote. Pope Francis gave his annual address to the Roman Curia yesterday, taking up the theme of synodality and warning against what he described as ideological rigidity. He focused on the themes of listening, discerning, and journeying, and said, quote, 60 years after the council, we are still debating the division between progressives and conservatives, while the real difference is between lovers and those who have lost that initial passion. That is the difference. Only those who love fare forward, end quote. The Pentagon is making sweeping changes to its guidance for reducing harm to civilians from U.S. military operations. Trey Thomas has more. Defense Secretary Lloyd Austin ordered the overhaul a year ago after a series of high-profile instances of U.S. military operations killing civilians in recent years. The new policy is aimed at considering risk to civilians as part of planning before a military strike occurs. I'm Trey Thomas. The chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff and China's top military official talked for the first time in more than a year yesterday. The Pentagon said U.S. officials hope that the video teleconference could lead to a restoration of ties between the world's two biggest militaries. Air Force General Charles Q. Brown's office said the Joint Chiefs chairman and the head of China's People's Liberation Army touched on what were termed a number of global and regional security issues. That's the news on the Sunrise Morning Show. It's 35 past the hour. The sun, the sun. Oh
Sacred Heart Radio is brought to you by you. Yes, your donations make Catholic Radio possible, so to give a gift of any amount, please visit sacredheartradio.com and click Donate or call 513-731-7740. And thank you. Support for Sacred Heart Radio is from Schneller Knockelman Plumbing, Heating, and Air. During the hottest of weather, Schneller Knockelman will keep you cool with air conditioning repair, installation, and maintenance. Schneller Knockelman. Find us at skpha.com, skpha.com. Proud supporter of Sacred Heart Radio, Cincinnati Right to Life ensures that God-given rights are guaranteed for all simply by being human, regardless of age or stage, ability or disability. More information at 1-800-712-HELP. Support for Sacred Heart Radio is from Rose Automotive, serving the Hamilton area with a wide selection of pre-owned cars, trucks, and SUVs. Rose Automotive, celebrating over 30 years of automotive excellence. On Erie Highway in Hamilton, roseautomotivegroup.com. It's 24 minutes before the hour on this Friday, December the 22nd. Your forecast is brought to you on Sacred Heart Catholic Radio by Schneller Nockman Plumbing, Heating, and Air. Online at skpha.com. Might see some rain later today, but otherwise pretty warm. Right now, it's not bad with temperatures in the lower 30s as you're heading out the door. For Cincinnati, mostly cloudy skies with some isolated showers possible late today and a high of 53. Spotty showers tonight and overcast with a low of 39. Spotty showers until about 2 tomorrow afternoon. Otherwise, mostly cloudy tomorrow with a high of 50. For the Miami Valley-Dayton area, mostly cloudy skies today and a high around 52. Cloudy with showers tonight and an overnight low of 40. Cloudy with a few showers tomorrow and a high of 50 degrees. This is Sacred Heart Catholic Radio, 740 a.m., 910 a.m. Make an end-of-year donation online at sacredheartradio.com. And thanks. I'm Matt Swain, joined now by Dr. Benjamin Lewis. He's Director of Translation Services at the International Commission on English in the Liturgy. Dr. Lewis, good morning. Good morning, Matt. How are you? I'm doing well, and morning is one of those things I'm not going to try and say more than 20 or 30 times this interview, because I know we're talking about morning prayer stuff again this week, right? (laughs) Yes, we are. All right, so what are we on? We are on the last week of Advent. So in morning prayer... We have, uh, we've been talking about the hymns of the office, and uh, th- we've had the same hymn for the first part of Advent up through December 16th. But I thought we spent the last two weeks talking about that hymn, so now we're into the, the hymn for morning prayer for the last week of Advent, right up uh, from December 17th right up until Christmas. And I wanted to look a little bit at, the, at that hymn um, and the new translation that we've got of it. All right, so what has changed in the tone between the beginning of Advent and what we start with now? Yeah, so now we're we're really looking forward to the, this this new hymn uh for the last week of Advent ties together the expectation of the first coming of Christ at Christmas, but also looking ahead to the second coming of Christ at the end of time and and looking forward to our entry into heavenly glory with him. So it kind of ties all of these things together, the first coming, the second coming, and then our, our joining Christ in heaven uh, at the end of time. So if you look at uh, the current hymn off, uh, option for morning prayer for this last week of Advent, 
uh, we have it's just sort of a plug in him, an existing him text that's sort of related to the text that the church proposes for us to sing. But it's it's not really a translation, but it's not a bad hymn. It's short and sweet. It's straight to the point. Behold a virgin bearing him who comes to save us from our sin. The prophets cry, prepare his way, make straight his paths to Christmas Day. Behold our hope and life and light, the promise of the holy night. We lift our prayer and bend our knee to his great love and majesty. That's it. Two short stanzas. Uh, they rhyme. Just, They're very English-friendly. Yeah, you know. yeah. It's fine. And it and it gets across, you know, make straight his paths. The prophets are crying out. We're looking forward to Christmas. Um, so it gets a lot of the same themes, but this is the, this is the hymn text that the church proposes for us that we've, we've translated afresh for the first time. Uh, and it's not two stanzas. It's, it's six stanzas. Oh, wow. With mighty voice, the prophets cry that Christ, the Lord is drawing near rejoicing. They foresee the grace by which he saves us and redeems. And so our morning sun shines forth, our hearts ablaze with radiant joy. We hear the faithful voice resound, precursor of God's glorious gift. At that first advent, Christ our God came forth not to condemn the world, but came to cleanse our gaping wound, to seek and save what had been lost. Christ's second coming warns us all that he is standing at the gates to give to saints their glorious crowns and open wide the heavenly realm. Eternal light is now foretold. The saving star is shining forth. Its radiant splendor summons us and calls us to the heavenly court. Christ Jesus, you alone we seek to see you face to face as God. May this unending vision be an everlasting hymn of praise. Amen. That's that's robust, man. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's so funny because we have in English, you know, a lot of hymns that are written for English. And, of course, they're also mixed in with all the other English pop songs that kind of pop up this time of year. We get, yeah. you know, such a sanitized and sort of proper understanding of, of, of what is happening at Christmas. It's this pure, quaint, you know, cute baby, and, you know, it yeah. warms our hearts. Uh, we don't get anything in English that's like, Christ came <laughs> to clean, cleanse our gaping wound. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's yeah. intense stuff. Yeah, I was thinking about, I was going to, I wanted to talk about that phrase in particular because it's such a, it's such a physical image. Yes, it is. It's, it's sort of a it's shocking gross. thing. It's and a little real. gross, right? Yeah. It's, I, it's almost embarrassingly physical and bodily. Like we don't like to talk about, you know, bodily fluids, but, um, but you sometimes you have to. And that's, and that's the reality of the incarnation is that it wasn't just some cute little uh, doll baby he was real. He was in the flesh. Um, I was just explaining this to my kids last night. I was, we were doing a little Advent uh, Bible story devotion last night, and I was saying to them, 
sin. Now, did Jesus really come? Was he, did he have a real body or was he something like a ghost? And of course, my four-year-old who hasn't had much catechism, he goes, oh, he was just a ghost. Yeah, my tell your four-year-old, my... <laughs> he's got to be worried about donatism. <laughs> yeah, but my seven-year-old says, oh, no, because she's had, she's had more catechism. Oh, no, he was real. He had a body. And so we talked about that. We said, yeah, he, you could, he, he was a real baby. It wasn't just a vision. He wasn't just a ghost. He, he pooped and he peed and, and he probably spit up and, and his spit up probably smelled. And, and it you was know, real. Adults can't handle that stuff, but kids are super <laughs> into it. Thank you so much for all you've done to help unpack some of these wonderful, like hidden treasures that are now come to light in English. And uh, remind our listeners where they can get the Divine Office hymnal if they want to grab one heading into the Christmas season. Yeah, it's currently being published by GIA. So you go to GIAMusic.com and you can order a copy of the Divine Office hymnal. All the hymns of the office are there translated afresh. Um, and they're just chock full of, of rich meaning. Yes, and very human stuff. Thanks so much, Dr. Lewis. Have a wonderful day. Thank you. You too, Matt. Yeah, Anna Mitchell, I know that, you know, you've explained these kinds of things to kids before. And, uh, you know, kids, you know, we adults, we're so... I actually haven't had to explain that to my kids yet. Well, but, you know, just, you don't have to explain it all. I think it's, I don't know, maybe this is something when you have a girl first or if you have a boy first. Um, Roma does not ask such questions. Maybe she just knows to not ask me. <laughs> maybe that's it. <laughs> I don't maybe, know. Maybe she asks Will. Maybe but, she you know, asks this, Will. It's a good it, it seems like a, like a weird thing to talk about, but I feel like it's important for us to remember that uh, God just did not become human somewhere at some point in some abstract reality. Like, he became a real live baby. Yeah. In a real actual specific place that you can actually go visit today we're going to even talk about that with michelle bow uh, next, next hour like hour, yeah. it really did happen yeah like he became one of us it He'd really become did. like a like a ghostly luminous thing somewhere although interestingly matt and this is opening a whole can of worms that we don't have time to talk about but uh, i've been talking to people who um saying a lot of people don't really realize that we're talking about God here. Like, oh, yeah. Yeah, he became human. He was also God while living here on Earth as a human. And so there's a lot of, there. I don't know, what it, like Pope Benedict talked about like practical atheism, you know? And there's sort of like a practical Arianism going on in some ways where you don't think about it so much, but you kind of have this implicit or subconscious thought that he somehow became God somewhere along the way or somewhere oh, along the way, the like, realized that he was God. He was and, God at the Annunciation. He was God at the Nativity. Exactly. He was God at the Crucifixion and the Resurrection and the Ascension, and he's God now. Yep. And before all that, in the beginning was the Word. He was God. The Word was God. And the word is God. It's kind of mind blowing. It's mind blowing. I mean, it's a mystery. We have to we have to hold that intention that we don't we don't really understand. But but it's real. But it's real. Well, we're going to talk more about that with Father Hezekiah Carnazzo after the break as he looks at the 
Readings for the fourth Sunday of Advent. Stay with us. It's 14 till. The Christmas Means Life campaign encourages you to add another person to your Christmas list, the baby Jesus, as represented by women and children in need by making a donation to your local pregnancy center. Another option is to support the JP2 Life Center, committed to saving lives with free pregnancy help services, holistic OBGYN care, and education programs. Find out more at jpiilifecenter.org. That's jpiilifecenter.org. Because Christmas means life. Central Fabricators is proud to support the Sunrise Morning Show, where you'll get news from the Catholic perspective, while keeping you up to date on what's happening in the Vatican as well. It's also a great way to keep in touch with the Catholic faith throughout the week. Central Fabricators, based in Cincinnati, Ohio, is a family-owned business for over 75 years, manufacturing and repairing corrosion-resistant storage tanks, reactors, and pressure vessels. On the web at centralfabricators.com. That's centralfabricators.com. Business owners are starting to think outside the box to find new customers. You can reach millions of engaged Catholic listeners by underwriting the Sunrise Morning Show. Each weekday morning, listeners across the U.S. and around the globe can hear your message for your business, ministry, or nonprofit on the Sunrise Morning Show. To find out how it works, email me, Leah, at sacredheartradio.com. That's Leah at sacredheartradio.com. EWTN is everywhere. EWTN radio programming is provided free of charge to over 500 domestic and international AM and FM radio stations. It's a great teaching tool for Catholics and non-Catholics alike. For a complete list of EWTN AM and FM stations across America, visit EWTNradio.net. At the bottom of the page, click Affiliates. EWTN is the Global Catholic Network. This is Dr. David Anders. Is God an angry God? We answer questions like these every day on Call to Communion, today at 2 p.m. Eastern. Now, back to the Sunrise Morning Show. Back with us now on the Sunrise Morning Show is Father Hezekiah Carnazzo from the Institute of Catholic Culture. Good morning, Father. Good morning, Annie. It's a blessing to be with you and your listeners this morning. I apologize. My voice is a little bit... Awesome. I've got a Christmas cold. Christmas cold. Well, we will be praying for you and your health ahead of uh, all of the Christmas festivities. Oh, I certainly appreciate that. We've got a long road ahead, but it's all worth it for uh, we are going to approach the throne of God himself, which is our theme this Sunday. Yes. We only have one day for the, the fourth week of Advent, and it is the fourth Sunday of Advent this weekend. What an interesting choice of readings, Father. We're in the second book of Samuel, chapter 7. And basically, King David wants to build a house for the presence of God, but then finds out that he's not allowed to. Why are we hearing this reading on the fourth Sunday of Advent? Well, I I must stress how important this particular chapter, these verses are, in the Old Testament, and how they drove the expectation of the people at the time of the, of the coming of Christ. Second Samuel chapter 7, all of your listeners, Annie, would do well to get out your Bible and read this particular chapter, Second Samuel chapter 7, in which it, it talks about, as you said, the, uh, the desire of David to establish the temple of God. Of course, up to this point, 
um, the the uh, presence of God among his people was realized in the tent of meeting, which was built by Moses during the time of the Exodus. But now the Exodus really in Second Samuel chapter 7 comes to its conclusion. All the way here now, many generations later, finally David takes the throne city of Jerusalem and then begins thinking to himself, why is it that I live in a palace on Mount Sion in Jerusalem in the ancient throne city while God, who is truly the king of his people, dwells in this tent? And therefore he declares to the prophet Nathan that he would build this temple of God. And here's the, the turning point in why Second Samuel chapter 7 is so critically important. God intervenes in this moment and says, no, David, you are not the establisher of the throne of God on earth. The throne of God, the presence of God among his people, is not something to be determined and controlled by a man. So that was the idea of ancient paganism. No, the presence of God among his people is a gift of God, and it is not to be controlled by men. For God dwelling among his people means that he will truly be the king. He will establish the laws. He will determine the direction of the kingdom, and not man. This is fundamentally important for us, Annie, not only in the Old Testament, but for us today to remember that the throne of God is a gift. It is a gift that we are stewards of. The presence of God among his people is truly a gift. And, it, and, and there, therefore, he says, no, David, you will not build a temple, for the temple of God is not made by man. It is made by God himself. And I will establish my presence among my people, he says in Second Samuel chapter 7. But it will be one that is received as an inheritance. And having received it as an inheritance, it will remain forever, regardless of the vicissitudes and the sins of mankind. Yeah, he reveals to David, I will raise up your heir after you, sprung from your loins, and I will make his kingdom firm. I will be a father to him, and he shall be a son to me. Your house and your kingdom shall endure forever before me. Your throne shall stand firm forever. So is he talking about Solomon here, Father? This is, this is important. Solomon is not named, but certainly one that comes forth from David will receive a throne which will remain forever. I can't stress how important those words are, Annie, for this is truly the first time from the beginning of scriptures since, since the establishment of the creation of Adam and Eve, the Son of God, made in his image and after his likeness, that the Father tells us that, that the promise made to Adam and Eve in chapter 3, verse 15, that he will ultimately be, be, be victorious over evil, that God's reign over his people will be restored since the fall. Now, one coming from David, a man, will be called the Son of God. Of course, we know as Christians, having received the fulfillment of this, the gift of Jesus himself, born of the Virgin, that Second Samuel chapter 7 does not speak simply of Solomon, nor the establishment of the temple built out of stone. But ultimately, the temple which is prophesied in Second Samuel chapter 7, that temple and that kingdom which will remain forever, is that which is fulfilled in Jesus Christ. 
who establishes a temple not made out of stone, not made out of not made from the hands of man, but from the hand of God himself carved into the face of Jesus Christ, who is himself the true temple of God. Which is what we learn in the gospel here. According to Luke chapter one, the story of the Annunciation, where the angel Gabriel says he will be great. He will be called son of the most high and the Lord God will give him the throne of David, his father, fulfilling that prophecy that we've just been talking about. That's exactly it, Annie. And I, and I think at this time, it's such a, a challenging time in society, in our church itself, when it, it is believed as David thought that we would be the establishers of the, of the presence of God among us, that we would be the ones who determined how the kingdom is to be lived out, when we would be the ones who would, in a sense, control God's action among men. We are reminded, no, that the throne of God, the kingdom of God on earth, indeed, the church established by Jesus Christ is one that we have received as a gift. And as I said before, regardless of the vicissitudes of man, that throne that temple of God will remain forever, for it is our humanity joined to the eternal person of the Word, no longer to be broken apart, no longer to be divided, because it is established in the eternal person of the Word of God himself. We've been talking to Father Hezekiah Carnazzo, and Father, if listeners want to check out what the Institute has coming up in the new year, where can they get that info? Institute of Catholic Culture.org. We have a, a tremendous amount of educational opportunities planned for you, all free of charge. Institute of Catholic Culture.org. Which you can find linked at sunrise morning show.com. Thank you so much, Father Hezekiah. Among those things in the new year, Patristics 101. If you're feeling unsettled by what's been happening in the church these days, Let's go back to the the foundation, the Apostolic Fathers, with Dr. John Pepino, instituteofcatholicculture.org. We got another hour of the Sunrise Morning Show coming up next for most of our affiliates here on EWTN Radio. Stay with us. Encountering Christ on Sacred Heart Radio has been happening in your car, on your smartphone, and at home for more than two decades now because of you. Thank you. But before the new year starts, if you're feeling called to make a special end-of-the-year contribution, please know that all gifts to Sacred Heart Radio are tax-deductible, giving you the benefit of a tax deduction and the blessing of encountering Christ whenever you like. To mail your gift, use the envelope from the Christmas newsletter or visit sacredheartradio.com and click on Donate. And again, thank you. Why wait in endless lines at the pharmacy when Brozard Pharmacy, a proud supporter of Sacred Heart Radio, can fill your prescriptions in a timely manner with high quality. Brozart Pharmacy, fast, friendly service without the wait at brosartpharmacy.com. Support for Sacred Heart Radio is from Sunset Janitorial Supply, a Catholic family business supplying the tri-state cleaning industry with commercial cleaning supplies, personal hygiene, equipment, and even machine repair. Free delivery to your business. More information at sunsetjanitorialsupply.com. Have you explored God's calling for your life? Come and experience consecrated life for a week. See if God might be calling you to serve Him with an undivided heart. Share in prayer and community life centered on the Eucharist and devoted to Mary. Participate in our mission to strengthen families in the Catholic faith. 
This spring and fall, visit the Catholic Corps for a come-and-see week at Catholic Family Land near Steubenville, Ohio. For more information, go to afc.org cc. Working to see the culture of life prevail in the Miami Valley, Dayton Right to Life is here to protect God's gift of life through law, education, and community action, from fertilization to natural death. Find Dayton Right to Life online at DaytonLife.org. That's DaytonLife.org. Food makes the party, and you can find the perfect party foods at Bridgetown Finer Meats, a proud supporter of Sacred Heart Radio. From mini sandwiches to their jumbo pretzel sandwich, meat and cheese or vegetable and relish trays, Bridgetown Finer Meats can make hosting a party a breeze. And choose your wine while you're there. The BFM Wine Shop has high-quality wines from all over the world. Bridgetown Finer Meats on Bridgetown Road, 513-574-3100, on the web at bridgetownfinermeats.com. The Cincinnati Chapter of Legatus is a national network of Catholic business owners, CEOs, and managing partners facing the challenges of faith, family, and business each day. We meet once a month with our spouse for a mass, dinner, and speaker. We have the support of the Archdiocese of Cincinnati and many members throughout the parishes, including yours. We would appreciate the chance to share what we are about with you and enjoy Mass together soon. Contact us at Cincinnati at Legatus.org. That's Cincinnati at Legatus.org. This is Cardinal Raymond Burke. Thank you for listening to Sacred Heart Catholic Radio. 740 WNOP Newport, 910 WPFB Middletown, or get the app, stream, podcast, and more at SacredHeartRadio.com. Friday, the 22nd of December, we are winding down the Advent season, heading into Christmas over the next couple of days. Let's pray this morning prayer written by St. John Henry Newman together. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. May the Lord support us all the day long, till the shades lengthen, and the evening comes, and the busy world is hushed, and the fever of life is over, and our work is done. Then in His mercy, may He give us a safe lodging, and holy rest and peace at the last. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Amen. like to pray that prayer from Newman today about the shades lengthening, the evening comes, and all that sort of stuff, because as of today, don't forget that, like, it's, the days are going to get longer. Like, yesterday was as dark as it's going to get. We're, we're, uh, we're getting more and more light every day from here on out till, uh, well, till about six months from now. It is the Sunrise Morning Show. I'm Matt Swaim. Anna Mitchell has news. Paul Lockman at the controls. Danielle Bean has some more Advent thoughts for us as we wind down the season. Michelle Bow joins us from the Holy Family Hospital in Bethlehem. Of course, that's where everything happened 2,000 years ago. And she'll talk about what they're doing today in the place where Christ was born to welcome babies. Bobby Schindler will join us from the Terry Schiavo Life and Hope Network. Also, Father Jonathan Duncan from the Diocese of Charleston to give his look at the readings for the fourth Sunday of Advent. So, 
Stay with us if you are able. Right now, it is two minutes past. News of service of Central Fabricators and centralfabricators.com. Here's Anna Mitchell. Morning. The U.S. is supporting a resolution being drafted by the U.N. Security Council that calls for a pause in the Israeli-Hamas war to allow aid to flow into Gaza. Ambassador Linda Thomas-Greenfield said yesterday the U.S. is ready to move forward on the resolution. It calls for urgent and extended humanitarian pauses in the fighting for a sufficient number of days to allow unhindered humanitarian access. The resolution does also call for a U.N.-appointed coordinator to pre-screen all the aid going into Gaza. A vote on the resolution is scheduled for today. Meanwhile, the Latin Patriarch of Jerusalem is saying that the true meaning of Christmas is more important than ever this year. Vatican News reports Cardinal Pierre Batista Pizzaballa released a Christmas video message yesterday. He said, God becomes flesh out of love and communicates to us a new way of being in the world which is to give one's life out of love for others. Dozens of Russian drones are attacking Ukraine's capital. Ukrainian officials say two people have been injured and several residential buildings have been damaged after more than two dozen drones attacked Kyiv overnight. Ukraine's Air Force says they shot down 24 of the 28 drones. They said it was the sixth Russian drone attack on Kyiv this month. Pope Francis gave his annual Christmas address to the Roman Curia yesterday, taking up the theme of synodality and warned against what he described as ideological rigidity. From Vatican Radio, Linda Bordoni reports. Let us remain vigilant against rigid ideological positions that often, under the guise of good intentions, separate us from reality and prevent us from moving forward. The Pope said we are called to set out and journey like the Magi, following the light that always desires to lead us on, at times along unexplored paths and new roads. He encouraged those present to listen to one another and to others so they can evolve to truly offer service to the Catholic Church. And he noted that fearfully sticking to rules may give the appearance of avoiding problems, but only ends up hurting the service that the Vatican Curia is called to give to the church. The Pope upheld Mary, whose open-hearted reception of the angel's message serves, he said, as a reminder that true listening involves an interior openness needed to enter into a relationship with God. He recalled the example of John the Baptist, whose humility and courage allowed him to practice discernment, a virtue, he said, that frees us from the illusion of omniscience and challenges the temptation to perpetuate familiar patterns. Pope Francis also cited the teachings of the Second Vatican Council, noting that 60 years after the Council, we are still debating the division between progressives and conservatives. This isn't difference, he said. The real difference is between lovers and those who have lost that initial passion. The Christian faith is not meant to confirm our sense of security, to let us settle into comfortable religious certitudes and to offer us quick answers to life's complex problems. When God calls, he concluded, he sends us on a journey. He draws us out of our comfort zones, our complacency about what we have already done, and in this way, he sets us free. 
I'm Linda Bordoni. Bishop Robert Barron, who chairs the U.S. Bishops Committee on Laity, Marriage, Family Life, and Youth, has responded to concerns and confusion over the recent Vatican Declaration on Blessings. He says in a statement, quote, the statement in no way calls for a change in the church's teaching regarding marriage and sexuality. In fact, he says it goes to great lengths to insist that in accord with unchanging doctrine, marriage is a union of one man and one woman in lifelong fidelity and openness to children, saying the blessings that are allowed do not apply approbation of irregular relationships. Bishop Aaron said, quote, fiducia supplicans is very much congruent with Pope Francis's long-held conviction that those who do not live up to the full demand of the church's moral teaching are nevertheless loved and cherished by God and invited to accept the Lord's offer of forgiveness, end quote. The holiday travel frenzy is here. Airlines have been preparing for record numbers and hoping to avoid a repeat of last year's travel nightmare when a snowstorm caused nearly 17,000 flights to be canceled and stranded hundreds of thousands of passengers. And Taters the Cat is the star of a live stream video from Deep Space. NASA featured the orange tabby cat in its first ever video streamed from Deep Space by way of a laser The video beamed from 19 million miles away on December 11th and took more than 100 seconds to reach the Earth. The space agency said NASA's deep space optical communications experiment was designed to boost the capabilities of streaming data from long distances. What was the cat's name? Taters. All I can think of is, what's Taters, process? Potatoes, boil them, mash them, stick them in a stew. <laughs> Lovely big golden chips with a nice piece of fried uh, fish. That's so good. Taters. Taters. Taters the cat. Reminds me of the 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 commercial for one of um, one of those Liberty commercials where she's the dog walker mm. and she's like Duchess. I don't remember all the names, but I remember thinking that they were. Great One pet of them names. named Taters? No, no, there was no Taters. I will say, I mean, we should ask Joseph Pierce about this, if my Gollum impression is better than my Sam Gamgee impression. I don't think he likes the movies. He doesn't. So Maybe I'm not sure that you're going to get much of an answer from him. You'll actually, I'm, I have some It would probably be Justin an Pierce awkward conversation. Bit, Just, yeah. Anyway, it's eight past. Danielle Bean back with us now on the Sunrise Morning Show. You can connect with her, invite her to speak or lead a retreat. Listen to her girlfriend's podcast all through her site, DanielleBean.com. Good morning, Danielle. Good morning. How are you? I am doing fine. And we are continuing a discussion we started the last time together. That is how to find joy in Advent. And we're going to talk about this one point that you make in the podcast and that is control your thoughts. What do you mean by that? Yeah, I think too often we can fall prey to the idea that we are somehow victims of our thoughts, right? That we we can't control them. And I frequently need to remind myself, and I hope to remind others as well, that you're the boss of your thoughts. You do control your thoughts. Yes, you can't help if a random anxiety pops into your mind or a thought temptation of some sort but you get to control whether or not you're going to think about that thing, and you get to choose. And this is actually a really powerful thing when it comes to 
finding joy in the Advent season or any time or the level of happiness that we find in life because we can entertain negative thoughts or we can entertain positive thoughts. We can entertain holy thoughts or we can entertain unholy thoughts. We get to choose these things. So we need that reminder that every one of us is called to be responsible for the ways that we are occupying ourselves in our own interior lives. What is the difference between what you are describing just now and being naive about what's going on around you? (laughs) Spoken like a true realist. (laughs) I love that. Yeah, um, of course, it's not calling you to be naive. You're not, I'm not asking you to entertain some, you know, false form of reality in your mind when you're you're trying to be positive about things. And you can fully recognize that the negative things in the world and they're very real and some people are going through very hard things during this season of Advent, which is meant to be joyful. So I completely understand that. But at the same time, God is good and we know the end of the story and that is part of what we are celebrating during this time of year is the coming of Christ, the gift of Jesus, the undeserved gift of Jesus, and the hope we have for eternal salvation as a result of that. In the end, it's a happy ending to the story, regardless of the difficult things that we might have going on around us. And even in the midst of very difficult things, there are positive things that we can pull away from them. There are positive things we can learn from them. There are people who love us and are helping us through them. There are always good things that we can focus on, even in the midst of hardness. And that takes a certain kind of vision, doesn't it, Danielle, to be able to find God even in the midst of of a situation that is bringing us anxiety or sadness or anger or whatever negative emotion you want to you want to put at the end of that sentence. Right. For sure it does. And it's something that you can get better at doing. So, you know, it's not like overnight, you know, snap your fingers and you're going to be perfect at doing this. This is the kind of thing that it takes a lifetime to kind of practice and learn. And sometimes you don't recognize the, the presence of God and the good things that came out of a terrible situation until after the fact. Retrospect, you know, that 2020 perspective, you're able to see it. But you can get better at seeing it in the moment by practicing that and by praying for that. You know, if you're in the middle of something hard, God can work with where you are. He knows all about where you are physically, spiritually, emotionally right now. And you can turn to him in, in your difficulty and say, Lord, I know there, there are good things that you want me to focus on here. Help me to see them. Very simple prayer. Or, you know, say, God, I, I want to trust in you. Help me to trust in you. And that's a beautiful prayer. It's simple. It's humble. It is honest and raw. And you can go to God with wherever you are, and he can work with it. That's part of the beauty of prayer, that you don't have to have yourself all put together before you present yourself to God. He knows where you are, and he loves you and embraces you where you are. He's just waiting for you to turn to him in your need. And I often say that when we know how God operated in the past, we can better recognize how he is operating today. And that can happen on so many levels you look at how he operated in the lives of the saints. You look at how he operated in the in in the lives of the people in Scripture. You know, whatever. But you can also look at your own life and remember the ways that God worked in your life, and you can fully expect him to do the same in the future. Absolutely, and that's a very good point. And I think it's really important to reflect on those times where you have felt God's presence in your life 
where something good has come out of something bad that you never would have chosen to have happened in your life. And really a good way to make sure that you're paying attention to those things is to be writing things down, to be keeping a, a spiritual journal of sorts. It doesn't have to be elaborate, but maybe just writing down the things that you're praying about, the things that you're worrying about that are on your heart that you're bringing to God. Leafing back through that, you know, a year plus later, you can see the things that have been resolved and the good that has come out of even very hard things. And that's a beautiful way to grow in your relationship with God, to learn to trust him, to know he's been good to you before and he's going to be good to you in this present moment as well. Well, Danielle, you mentioned earlier about how, you know, sometimes negative thoughts can just pop into our head and you know this is often in reaction to some sort of stimulus i don't know waiting in a huge line because you procrastinated on your christmas shopping and now you're you know shopping on the day before christmas eve and trying to get it all done and you don't have enough time and so you're getting angry or maybe you're being launched into family situations that you don't want to be in but it's christmas time and so you got to go because it's your family. You know, these these stimulus, like you know that they're going to be there. So how do we ahead of time kind of convince ourselves to not dwell on those reactionary thoughts that will probably come in these circumstances? Yeah. Well, I think, you know, you're saying ahead of time. That's kind of the key there, right? Like, Thinking about things that are going to be challenging ahead of time or just at the start of each day. You don't know what challenging things you're going to face. Be praying that morning offering every morning and asking God to give you grace in the midst of whatever challenges lie ahead for you is a beautiful way to embrace all that God has in store for you on any given day. But even in those moments, like when you recognize that and you can get better at recognizing those moments or recognizing the beginning of those negative thought spirals and say a prayer to your guardian angel. Ask for ask mm -hmm. Mother Mary to help you to reframe your thoughts, take back control of your thoughts and not just fall victim to a, a spiraling downward negativity regardless of whatever it is, if it's something you anticipated or not. Because the Prince of Peace is coming, and we have so many songs, so many Christmas carols talking about peace, right? Peace on earth, goodwill toward right. men. And there is nothing that Satan wants more than to rob us of our own personal peace resting in the Lord, and our thoughts are an easy way to do that. Absolutely. I think, you know, spending some time this end of Advent preparing your heart for Christmas really means focusing on what that peace is and who brings it. And the gift of our Lord this time of year is really just a beautiful way to meditatively, prayerfully focus on the good things that you have in your life and the ultimate good that every one of us has, which is our Lord Jesus Christ. Thank you so much, Danielle Bean. You can find her linked at sunrisemorningshow.com. 17 past now on the Sunrise Morning Show. We're back with the headlines right after this. Are you looking for peace? Longing for joy? Want to meet the giver of all goodness? God is calling the laity to bring Ignatian prayer into the suffering world. Work for the new evangelization. Go to lordteachmetopray.com. Order your free digital training and manual. Find true happiness and everlasting joy. Go to lordteachmetopray.com. And click on the red button today. It's free. Approved by the USCCB. 
For 150 years, the Komboni missionaries have followed in the footsteps of their founders and Daniel Komboni. We are an active missionary group sharing our deep faith in God through service to the poorest and most abandoned people around the world, satisfying both the physical and spiritual needs of the people in our mission. Please support our mission work with a generous year-end gift today. Thank you for your prayers and kindness. Give today at Kombonimissionaries.org. That is Kombonimissionaries.org. Are you expecting the kids to wake you up at the crack of dawn on Christmas morning? Make that experience more bearable by treating yourself to some Mystic Monk coffee. They have a number of Christmas blends available. And when you go to Mystic Monk Coffee through the link at sunrisemorningshow.com, you earn us a commission. Make Christmas morning even better by drinking your coffee with a Sunrise Morning Show mug available in our online store. Browse our mugs and link to Mystic Monk Coffee at sonrisemorningshow.com. That's sunrisemorningshow.com. Debbie Giorgiani, Adam Bly, and I invite you to join us as we tackle the spirit world on EWTN Radio. Adam has assisted at thousands of solemn exorcisms and resolutions of hauntings. He also reaches out to educate people on the paranormal and the occult in our culture. Join us tomorrow at 11 a.m. Eastern for the spirit world on EWTN Radio. 19 past. Here's Anna with headlines. The U.S. is supporting a resolution being drafted by the U.N. Security Council that calls for a pause in the Israel-Hamas war to allow aid to flow into Gaza. Pope Francis is sending the prefect of the dicastery for the service of charity to the Holy Land as a sign of solidarity. And the Holy Father gave his annual Christmas address to the Roman Curia yesterday, warning against what he described as ideological rigidity. News at the top and bottom of each hour every weekday morning here on the Sunrise Morning Show. And uh, Anna Mitchell, I mentioned Joseph Pierce last hour, and we were talking about how he's not a super huge fan of the... I think he likes the Lord of the Rings trilogy a lot better than he likes The Hobbit, but that's not saying all that much. But Mm -hmm. that being said, I did post on our Facebook page an episode of Coming Home Network Presents that I did. It was me, Joseph, and John Mark Grodi... Uh, we talked about the major kind of like classic conversion stories in Christmas film and literature. The Grinch, George Bailey from It's a Wonderful Life having that big conversion. Scrooge's conversion. We even found out that Joseph Pierce, while not a Muppet fan in general. Likes a Muppet Christmas Carol. Appreciates the Muppet Christmas Carol. Really? There are a lot of tidbits like that, but it's all about Christmas conversion. Like, why is it that people are like open in different ways to things this time of year and uh, what can that say and, uh, about who we are as human beings so check it out it's on our Facebook page you can find it it's about a half an hour episode cool it's a lot of fun very very neat so we get to talk to Joseph Pierce in our local hour every Friday so maybe we can yeah well he's going to be given some Christmas reading recommendations yeah, we can, next we can hour more film and download the Sunrise Monday. Morning Show app if you haven't already check it out 21 past As you plan your end of year giving, please consider including Sacred Heart Radio. It's through your generosity that we've been able to be a voice this year for the gospel of Christ and the culture of life across seven media platforms. All gifts are tax deductible and help to share the good news of Christ in Cincinnati, Northern Kentucky, Dayton, and beyond. To give a tax deductible donation or set up a monthly pledge, visit sacredheartradio.com and click donate 
or use the Venmo app at Sacred Heart Radio. And thank you for your support of Sacred Heart Radio. Support us from Andiamo Artisan Bakery in Hamilton's German Village, featuring authentic Italian cookies and sweets to grace your table during the holidays. From their signature Sicilian almond paste cookies to cannoli and tiramisu, celebrate the season with the flavors of chocolate, walnut, and fig. Order in store or online at andiamo-artisan-bakery.com. That's A-N-D-I-A-M-O, andiamo-artisan-bakery.com. Tim Maley here, General Manager at Shock Tile and Carpet. Shock is a proud supporter of Sacred Heart Radio. Family-owned and operated since 1928, Shock hopes this season is filled with many blessings to you and yours. In the market for hardwood, check out MSI's Ladson and McCarran. Manufactured from European white oak, these engineered planks are on-trend and highly sophisticated. Residential, commercial, New home construction, 513-922-3466 or shocktile.com. That's S-C-H-O-C-H tile.com. Support for Sacred Heart Radio is from Twin Dental of Cincinnati. Since 1986, twin brothers, doctors David and Michael Rothen have been providing superior dental care in a relaxed and comfortable setting for the entire family. The twin dental doctors utilize advanced dentistry techniques from sedation to implants and the latest in cosmetic options to preserve and beautify smiles. Twin Dental, located just off the I-275 exit at Hamilton Avenue. For a complimentary evaluation, 513-825-6111 and online at twindental.com. It's 23 minutes past the hour. You're listening to the Sunrise Morning Show on the EWTN Global Catholic Radio Network. And we are very happy that you are along with us on a Friday morning as we approach the fourth Sunday of Advent, which is also Christmas Eve. And of course, the great feast of the Nativity. Ambassador Michelle Bowe is joining us now. She's the Sovereign Order of Malta's ambassador to Palestine and president of the Holy Family Hospital of Bethlehem Foundation. Ambassador Bowe, it's great to have you back. Wonderful to be here so close to Christmas. Yes, and I know that Gaza is on the opposite side of the region from Bethlehem uh, along the Mediterranean. So Bethlehem hasn't been a war zone so to speak, but how has the Israel-Hamas war been affecting Holy Family Hospital? You know, it's affecting Bethlehem and all greatly. There is, um, of course, the sounds of war when there's intense bombing and missiles. Um, but the day-to-day life in Bethlehem has changed. Um, schools open and they close an hour later. Mm-hmm. Um, there are general strikes after heavy days of bombing when there are no schools. The um, tourism has completely shut down. There are no pilgrimages. And as you know, Bethlehem is the most Christian area of Palestine. And they're 90% dependent, the economy, on people coming in to make holy religious pilgrimages. And without those, 90% of the workforce is receiving no salaries. Um, Prices have skyrocketed for food, Families are maybe just eating one meal a day. And the saddest is we're seeing women come in to deliver their babies not having eaten for a day or two. So the effects in Bethlehem are are extremely tangible. Well, just for those who may not be familiar with the Holy Family Hospital of Bethlehem, can you tell us about the mission of that hospital? Yes, we are a Catholic teaching hospital in the heart of Bethlehem. 
We champion life, and as a matter of fact, we welcomed our 100,000th baby on the Feast of the Epiphany wow. this year, and we were so excited. Um, and this, this hospital is no ordinary hospital because it came to the Order of Malta in the form of a gift from Pope John Paul II. And he said, I'm going to give you the responsibility, the honor, and the privilege of running this hospital. And it's going to be a priority of the church for a millennium. Hmm. So this is not a short assignment. Um, we take care of women in all stages of life. Um, we deliver almost 5,000 babies a year. And we have a very special place, which is our NICU, which takes care of babies born too soon or babies born fragile and sick. And it's our intensive care unit. And we take care of almost 500 babies a year in that unit. And it's the only such unit serving almost a million people in southern Palestine. I was curious, would this normally be a hospital that, that perhaps women from Gaza would travel to receive um, that intensive care that you were just describing? Or, or is this mostly in the, the West Bank region? It's just the West Bank. Um, Gaza is separated from the West Bank. You can't travel sure. from one place to the other. It's about 40 miles away, um, but there are not any um, roads that you can use to um, go from one to the other. Why is um, that? Well, it's it's because of politics. Um, mm. You know, I'm a person, I have five children, grown children of my own, and one grandbaby and two on the way. And so my, my focus, my life's focus, have always been on the women and the children. Yeah. Um, and politics so often um, harms women and children. And you know, even if we think about the Blessed Mother going to Bethlehem for the census and, you know, how she suffered as a pregnant woman, you know, riding a donkey or walking, um, the flight to Egypt, how hard that must have been on, again, a mother and a child, the Christ child and the Blessed Mother. And I'm sure it was terrible for poor St. Joseph because it must have been hard for him to see the Blessed Mother and the Christ child suffer. So, you know, war mostly affects children and women. Um, politics often affects children and women. So I'm hoping that, you know, one of the outcomes of this war is lasting peace, peace in our hearts around the world. But also I'm hoping that maybe more more young girls will become mothers and also become influencers and decision makers, diplomats, negotiators. I think we need the voice of women to remind us that you know war is divisive and we know where division comes from. It comes from um, the evil one. And we just need to you know, appeal to prayer and to, uh, you know, the better angels to prevail and bring peace to this region that's um, not known long periods of peace in more than 2,000 years. Yeah, which actually comes as no surprise when you think about this is the land where our Lord was born and ministered and died and rose again. Of course, Satan is going to target this with division and war as as much as possible. You mentioned the difficulty of traveling because of politics. I'm wondering, I know you have a mobile clinic with Holy Family Hospital. 
And uh, uh, has the West Bank been affected in terms of, of travel and the like uh, that that a mobile clinic like yours um, would be affected by? Well, I'm really sorry to say that right now we can't run our mobile clinic. Mm. It goes off into the isolated villages and it serves the Bedouin people in the desert. And um, we, we just can't guarantee the safety of our medical staff and our driver. Um, unfortunately, um, in, these, in this war and in the greater spillover, um, medical units haven't been sort of hands-off as they normally are. And so it, it's just terribly sad. I received a note um, from one of the Bedouin women in one of the villages we serve, and she said, it's been, you know, 57 days since we've seen you. Wow. And my heart just broke. And, you know, my first response was, let's get that clinic out there. But we, we can't um, take the lives of two doctors, a nurse, a driver. Um, and so we've, we've done what we can by telephone and um we can sometimes send in um, um, special ambulances to bring the women to the hospital. But we're just praying for the time of peace when we can go out there and be reunited with these people that, you know, we're serving their third generation. We're, you know, the granddaughters of the grandmothers we've served are uh, starting to be engaged and um, married. And it's, um, it's just such a joy to watch these families grow up and, see the little grandchildren, and this is such a wonderful community. They're, they're extremely poor. They live on the land, but they do such a great job with their children. You, know, you see their hair, their skin, their teeth. They look mm -hmm. so healthy, but mostly they're happy. Yeah. They're running around playing. They um, go to school, and um, I was out there once, and I was um, asking them what they want to be when they grow up, and um, the little boys, you know, all wanted to be farmers. They wanted to be shepherds. They wanted, and I asked them more, and they said, oh, we want to take care of the land. Wow. And it was so cute. And, of course, the girls were, um, you know, all looking at me, and they're like, well, that's a crazy question. We all want to be mothers. Wow. But, they, you know, some want to be teachers. One wanted to be an architect. And um, it's just, it's a wonderful community, and I, um, I miss them terribly. Um, but even our doctors are having a hard time getting to work. Some of our um, doctors have been staying with family members close by. We traded out some of our medical residents with local hospitals so that they, I mean, with local families so that, or no local hospitals, so that they can work closer to where they live because travel is dangerous at night. Mm. So we work in 12-hour shifts. We've... Um, Sadly, had a few women that have had to deliver at home at night without medical care because it's not safe to move. And then they would come to the hospital in the morning. And if you're not prepared for a home birth, it's not a safe thing to do. And so the babies arrived cold. I mean, they wrapped them in blankets, but um, there's protocols to keep a brand-new baby warm. And the houses don't have central heating. And because of the newfound poverty in Bethlehem, People don't have money for heating. They're choosing between, you know, feeding their children, um, you know, twice a day or once a day. And so things like heat, they're just putting on extra sweaters and blankets and hoping for sunny days. It's cold in the high desert, but um, this, this is a really serious problem. And the eyes of the world are focused on Gaza and on the uh, 
region where the terrible attacks occurred. But we so often forget about Bethlehem. I think it was mentioned, uh, you know, as a backwater in the Bible a few times with mm, King David yeah. and where Joseph came from. Um, but it's really, it's the city of peace. It's the city of joy. It's the city where the three kings came, where the Holy Family lived. And when you cross that checkpoint and enter into Bethlehem, you see a city that's kind of gritty and really crowded because of the separation wall. But you immediately feel something different. You feel the peace. You feel that you're really in holy land, on holy land. Yeah. We've been talking to Ambassador Michelle Bowe, who is the Sovereign Order of Malta's ambassador to Palestine and president of the Holy Family Hospital of Bethlehem Foundation. I imagine, Ambassador Bowe, that a lot of support would be very much appreciated by you all. Where can listeners help support the Holy Family Hospital of Bethlehem? They can go to our website, which is birthplaceofhope.org birthplaceofhope.org and they can make um, a specific gift to help a baby or help a mother or provide training Um, and they'll get a receipt that they can use as a gift because I know we're in waning days. Michelle Bo, thank you so much. We're out of time. It's 35 minutes past the hour. When you go to sacredheartradio.com and click subscribe, your inbox will let you know when your favorite guests will be on the Sunrise Morning Show and driving home the faith. To know when your favorite guests are on, go to sacredheartradio.com and click subscribe. This is Chris Knockelman, owner of Schneller Knockelman Plumbing, Heating, and Air. Our family has been a proud supporter of Sacred Heart Radio for more than a decade, and we encourage other businesses to do the same. Find us at skpha.com, skpha.com. Support is from Solidarity HealthShare. Is inflation making you feel frustrated and out of control when it comes to your expenses? We have a solution. It's Solidarity HealthShare. With Solidarity HealthShare, you control what doctors you go to and how much you spend with pricing options that start as low as $384 for families. Take control of your health care and your budget with Solidarity HealthShare. 855-954-5688. Solidarity HealthShare. 855-954-5688. It's 24 minutes before the hour on this Friday, December the 22nd. Your forecast is brought to you on Sacred Heart Catholic Radio by Schneller Nachman Plum heating and air online at skpha.com might see some rain later today but otherwise pretty warm right now it's not bad with temperatures in the lower 30s as you're heading out the door for cincinnati mostly cloudy skies with some isolated showers possible late today and a high of 53 spotty showers tonight and overcast with a low of 39 spotty showers until about two tomorrow afternoon otherwise mostly cloudy tomorrow with a high of 50. For the Miami Valley Dayton area, mostly cloudy skies today and a high around 52. Cloudy with showers tonight and an overnight low of 40. Cloudy with a few showers tomorrow and a high of 50 degrees. This is Sacred Heart Catholic Radio, 740 a.m., 910 a.m. Make an end-of-year donation online at sacredheartradio.com. And thanks. The Sunrise Morning Show continues. Thank you for being along here as we have just a little bit of time left before we get into the Christmas season. I'm Matt Swaim, joined now by Bobby Schindler from the Terry Schiavo Life and Hope Network. 
They're online at lifeandhope.com. Bobby, good morning. Good morning, Matt. So you got a good story to share with us this week, a, an absolutely fascinating story that really shows a lot of, like, the really the best possible kinds of things that can come out of the work that you do. So share that with us. Right. Now, we, we weren't involved with this, this case, but, you know, man, I was reading this, and it really, it really covers so much that we talk about each week uh, as far as the promise of, of brain recovery, of unconditional love of a family, never giving up, rehabilitation, just all those things, strong advocates, all those things that we talk about that's needed when a family member uh, might sustain unexpectedly uh, a brain injury. And that's what happened to this young woman. Uh, Jen- uh, her name was um, Jennifer Llewellyn. This was in Michigan. In 2017, she was in an auto accident after dropping her three sons off at school and sustained a significant brain injury. And then for the next uh, five years, Matt, she was in what doctors are calling a coma, a coma state. Uh, and then this, it was actually, it was People Magazine doing this story. And they're actually, it was back in October of uh, 2022. The mother uh, woke up after five years in this condition and uh, 60 years old now. I'm sorry, she's 41 years old now. She was 35 when the accident occurred. And her daughter, her name, her daughter was Peggy Means, who is 60. And this is what's so remarkable, Matt. And, and I got to tell you, many stories similar to this that I read, this is always part of the story, where the daughter was visiting, I'm sorry, the mother was visiting the daughter almost every day uh, at this uh, facility where, where she was being cared for, uh, hoping that one day she would, she would uh, start to respond. And that's exactly what happened. Uh, her name is Peggy Means. And uh, October of 2022, she, she started to respond. She started to laugh. She actually laughed at a joke <clears throat> that her, her mom told her, and that began her road to recovery, so much so that this past October, um, Jennifer uh, attended a football game with her three sons. So it's, just, it's a really uplifting story, and it just talks, as I said, about so much that's needed. When you have these types of you know, uh, circumstances, when someone does sustain a brain injury, and they're really unable to communicate, and it's really up to the family to, to, to care for their, their loved ones in these types of conditions. Well, and uh, Jennifer, the woman in this story, still obviously has a very long road ahead, uh, but she is a lot farther along it than people thought that she was ever going to be, you know, after five years in a coma. But I think it does also highlight, too, um, Bobby, and I know that this time of year in your work, uh, you, you see this a lot, that... Uh, you know, people can be forgotten in hospitals. They can be forgotten in nursing homes. They can be forgotten in these places where they're uh, being cared for and uh, and helped. And some of them, you know, are more responsive than others. But it's a reminder to me to to not forget about these people who are often isolated, especially this time of year. Right. Well, that's so important. I know we've talked about that before, uh, Matt. Regardless of their condition, I mean, just to go visit someone who is perhaps in a nursing home or at the hospital at the time. I mean, I don't think we can measure what the impact that would mean to a person, particularly this time of year, as you said, with Christmas. And it could be a lonely time for people, and it's so important to visit. Um, and, and that's, you know, the, that's why this, this mother is such an inspiration when I read these things. And I think it's so important to someone's recovery that you have a family member that, that's there. And whether, the, whether you know or not that the person hears you when you touch a condition, and oftentimes they do, um, they, 
they know that you're there and that you care and still and love them unconditionally. It's, it, you know, it's interesting that the, the, the mother talks about how she, when she would go visit her daughter, she would play an audio book. And the audio book was about, actually about a woman who was in a coma. And, um, and evidently the daughter said that she heard, uh, she remembers hearing what the, daughter, what the mother was playing when she would come to visit. And, Matt, you know, I, I think what's so extraordinary about these stories, and, 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 it's, and it's really, really important that this is, this is mentioned, because um, we hear so many times when they move to remove someone's treatment, it's always kind of justified by saying, well, who would want to live this way? I, w- I do not want this person to live in these type of conditions. Or doctors are pressuring family members, you know, do you want your loved one? Do you want to care for someone in this type of condition? Who would want to live this way? And when you read these stories of recovery and of families and individuals that come out of these long types of uh, unresponsive conditions, and I've read a lot of these stories, Matt. They're out there. I've been doing this, you know, we've been doing this for almost 20 years. There's, there's many of these stories out there. I have never, and this, this story is another example, I have never read where the patient who has emerged from these types of unresponsive conditions have ever said, that would, I wish you would have killed me. Uh, you know, I wish you would have stopped the treatment. I, I, I did not want to live in this condition. No, it's, it's actually quite the opposite. The joy and the, this, just how happy they are that the family members never gave up on them and, and, how, and how happy they are now that they're living life again and experiencing uh, what they didn't experience for a, a long period of time. So it's very encouraging when I hear these stories, and I never, never read how the person in these conditions ever wanted to uh, uh, have their treatment stopped. Well, we are grateful for your vigilance, grateful for all the things you do to highlight some of the risks that people face when they're in those situations, to highlight some of the ways that the laws are encroaching and uh, trying to make it harder for families to be able to care for their loved ones, uh, to be vigilant on those places where, you know, the insurance companies are withholding their care for people who are medically vulnerable. And uh, I know this is something that you do with the support of many people. Uh, As we head into the end of the year, is there any way that people who want to help you continue to do these things can support you with with a gift at the end of the year? Sure. Well, thank you, Matt. If you go to lifeandhope.com, you can read about our work, our advocacy. And and if you want, you could certainly uh, uh, contribute to to our work. Uh, We do all this work voluntarily. When families call us, we obviously we never never charge them for for the help that we might be able to provide them. So any help that you can offer us is always grateful and always very appreciative of, of people that support us. Well, Bobby Schindler, thank you for all you do. Uh, thank you for uh, being part of the Sunrise Morning Show family. Have a great Christmas, and we'll talk to you in the new year. Same to all you. Thank you. Thank you so much for your support. God bless you all. All right, and you can find Bobby linked at Sunrise Morning Show. Dot com along with all of our guests and you can put in those email addresses and subscribe we've got the best of the sunrise morning show all week next week which means lots and lots of cool christmas themed interviews that we've put together over the past several years uh including uh unpacking more of the 12 days of christmas uh we've got some stuff on the feast days that are happening uh saint stephen of course is the one that immediately comes to mind we got lots and lots of great christmas themed interviews from the archives so be sure even though uh, you may be sleeping in a little bit or hanging out in your PJs with a cup of coffee, uh, you can still tune in to the Sunrise Morning Show, the best of the Sunrise Morning Show, all week next week, with the exception, the notable exception, of Christmas morning. But starting Tuesday, we're on with those best ofs, and then back live in the new year.
We got Father Jonathan Duncan on next to unpack the readings for the fourth Sunday of Advent. Stay with us. It's a quarter till. The Christmas Means Life campaign encourages you to add another person to your Christmas list, the baby Jesus, as represented by women and children in need by making a donation to your local pregnancy center. Another option is to support the JP2 Life Center, committed to saving lives with free pregnancy help services, holistic OBGYN care, and education programs. Find out more at jpiilifecenter.org. That's jpiilifecenter.org. Because Christmas means life. For over 500 years, the church-honored spiritual exercises of St. Ignatius of Loyola have formed many saints. This treasured way of personal prayer with God is now available to you for free. Order your free training manual at lordteachmetopray.com and bring Ignatian prayer to others. Lord Teach Me to Pray is approved by the USCCB. Order your free training manual at lordteachmetopray.com. Lord Teach Me to Pray underwrites the Sunrise Morning Show. Business owners are starting to think outside the box to find new customers. You can reach millions of engaged Catholic listeners by underwriting the Sunrise Morning Show. Each weekday morning, listeners across the U.S. and around the globe can hear your message for your business, ministry, or nonprofit on the Sunrise Morning Show. To find out how it works, email me, Leah, at sacredheartradio.com. That's Leah at sacredheartradio.com. EWTN's religious catalog has terrific suggestions for Christmas gifts. Women Made New, Reflections on Adversity, Transformation, and Healing by Kristalina Everett features the captivating stories of 12 women who overcame personal trials to become champions for the kingdom of God. The Women Made New book and DVD set is one of many great Christmas gifts from EWTN Religious Catalog. For more, visit EWTNRC.com today. This is Dr. David Anders. Is God an angry God? We answer questions like these every day on Call to Communion, today at 2 p.m. Eastern. Now back to the Sunrise Morning Show. 13 till. Here's Anna with headlines. The U.S. is supporting a resolution being drafted by the U.N. Security Council that calls for a pause in the Israel-Hamas war to allow aid to flow in to Gaza. The Latin Patriarch of Jerusalem has said in a new Christmas video message that the true meaning of Christmas is more important than ever this year. And Pope Francis gave his annual Christmas address to the Roman Curia yesterday, taking up the theme of synodality and warning against what he described as ideological rigidity. News at the top and bottom of each hour every weekday morning here on the Sunrise Morning Show. I'm Matt Swaim, joined now by Father Jonathan Duncan from the Diocese of Charleston to take a look at the readings for the fourth Sunday of Advent. Uh, Father Duncan, are you geared up? Uh, I hope you've got lots of coffee ready to go. It's going to be a busy few days for you. I'm set and ready. I'm just going to camp out in the church all day Sunday, and, uh, you know, I'll, I'll... pop out at some point now logistically speaking uh, are you going to have church in advent mode with like all the purple for sunday morning and then switch it over in time for christmas eve later that night like decoration wise absolutely yeah no we'll we'll make the switch at some point in the afternoon there's going to be a lot of a lot of flurry of activity to sort of de-purple things you know, I think a lot of people are stressed out by that, and some people might think of, like, the obligation involved. To me, this sounds fun. 
Like, you know, of course, I also <laughs> worked stage crew for some bands and things over the years, and it's kind of exciting to be like, all right, the the one act went off, and it's time to get the new one on, and you got to redo everything, new drum set, new all that stuff. Uh, you know, it is kind of a cool thing, and I, I imagine there will be some people who come in on Sunday morning and come back on Sunday night for or for Christmas Eve and are just mind blown at the transformation. Yeah, I think I think you're right that you know, it at first glance a lot of people would be like, oh, you know, this just seems like a bunch. But if you if you really kind of insert yourself into um, the drama that's behind this, right? So like the the, the drama of Advent, which is like longing, uh, sighing, um, waiting. And then this, like, fulfillment in, in the gift of the Incarnation. You know, our, our Jewish brothers and sisters, you know, they, they go through this on, on a lot of their high holy days where they'll be in synagogue for hours or, or come back, you know, day after day. So I think it's, it's about reclaiming that sense of the drama. But if you, have, if you don't have a, have a high enough sense of, of what Advent is about and ultimately what the Incarnation is, which is this, an earthquake where God breaks down the barrier between the merely ideal, the merely spiritual, and, and the physical, the bodily. If you don't have that sense of, of how significant this is, then yeah, it's going to seem like, oh, i got to go sit in church twice, you know? I do laugh about that, by the way, because as a, a young evangelical kid, uh, both in the Church of the Nazarene and as a free Methodist and a couple other places, I spent the first two decades to, of my life going to church twice every Sunday, once on Sunday morning and once on oh, Sunday night. True. So like, I'm like, to me, it's hilarious that people are thinking, oh, this is so much church. I'm like, you, you, we did Sunday morning, Sunday night, and Wednesday every week yeah, for the first 20 years of my life. Go back and be an evangelical like in the 90s, and you know, this <laughs> was your every Sunday, and, and somehow we survived. Well, we got some good readings coming up uh, through the fourth Sunday of Advent and through the uh, Christmas Eve, uh, the vigil there. Uh, have you gravitated toward any one particular reading? Because you've got a lot of them coming up. Because you got your own, you've got a whole set of readings that are different for Christmas morning as well. Sure, absolutely. So I think you know um, the the theme that that sort of always sticks out to me as we get into the the fourth Sunday of Advent. And we're, we're going to hear about this, where um, where David uh, in the Old Testament uh, has a desire to build God a house. I think this is an interesting interesting moment because he says, you know, I, I want to build the Lord a house, and then God says, easy, easy there, chief. Like I don't I don't need your help. You know, I, don't, I don't need you to build me a house. In fact, and then he. The Lord kind of turns it around and says, I'm going to build you a house, meaning a line, a lineage. Um, and I'm going to raise up one after you. And, of course, it's a prophecy of our Lord. But I think what's what's significant there, and then, of course, we're going to hear um, the story of the Annunciation. What's significant is this idea that we come ultimately longing for our redemption empty-handed, as empty-handed as, as a virgin womb. And I'm always drawn on the fourth Sunday of Advent to, to the mystery of the virgin birth. Because what, what, that, what that does not mean is that somehow um, sexuality is, is bad or evil. Uh, in fact, it's, it's created, it's created good. 
and it's the most human natural thing in the world. But of course, this birth was to be something more, more than human, more than natural. And, and the fact that it's a virgin birth points to the reality that this is not a human work, right? This is not simply a fruit of the love between Mary and Joseph, which is what it would be if, if our Lord was born in a normal human way, but rather this is going to be the fruit of, of ultimately God's charity, of his love towards us. And so that that's what, in a sense, connects that Old Testament reading where it's, where it's man saying, well, I'm going to do this thing for God, and God says, no, 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 no. I'm going to do this thing for you. It's going to be my work, and you're going to receive it in the emptiness of, of, of a virgin womb, empty-handed. You know, that's how we receive our redemption. We receive it as, as ultimately as a gift. You know, it's a gift that we have to be open to and receive, but it's still a gift. And I think that's the thread um, that ties the readings, and especially for the fourth Sunday of Advent, this idea of we are recipients of this of this amazing redemption. Well, the church, uh, I mean, we're recipients of it individually, right? But we're recipients of it as a church, too. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, we talk about the church as mother uh, also who receives this fruitfulness uh, the, through the unmerited favor of God. <laughs> you know, I mean, this is, we did not, I mean, there are things that we do, right? We are called to live virtuous, virtuous lives, but, but even looking back to, to our own baptism and those of us who've baptized our children as babies, right? Like the baby does nothing <laughs> to earn any of this, right? This this free, unmerited thing. Um, Mary quite literally does nothing to get pregnant, right? And yet this free, unmerited thing, um, it is a, it is a stunning, a stunning uh, concept to ponder, uh, because I think that we all want to bring a whole bunch of stuff to God, bring a whole bunch of things and act like we've done. Like David, we want to build him a we house. We want to build something for like, him. I'll do this thing for you. Yeah. And uh, at the end of the day, it's about him doing things for us, doing the thing for us. So uh, the thing of all things. Well, Father Jonathan Duncan, thank you for helping us to get into this. We'll be praying for you as you... Uh, as you do the uh, the epic next three or four days of 500 masses there in South Carolina. Have a good one. Thanks. Merry Christmas. All right. Anna Mitchell, are you ready to uh, to sign off and send our sign off family for off to a wonderful weekend? Yes. Have a we very, very merry Christmas, a blessed Christmas, everyone. And um, very much looking forward to another year of the Sunrise Morning Show in 2024 we'll be here with you uh and of course we'll be spending time with our families next week so you'll be catching the best of the sunrise morning show on uh these ewt there, these are shows that i mean if you're not um waking up early next week like i understand but if you are waking up early I know some people are like, oh, pre-recorded shows, best of shows. They're not all that. Yeah, these but these are have really Jeff good. And Dr. John oh, my Persma gosh. And Dr. Michael Barger. Like, and, dive uh, into the rich, rich theology of the nativity next week. There's a lot. There's a lot. There's a lot. So check it out. In the meantime, have a Merry Christmas. Merry May God Christmas. bless you and keep you and grant you his peace.
As we come to the end of another year, would you consider a special gift to Sacred Heart Radio? Your gifts enable us to be a light shining in the darkness to proclaim the good news that Christ has come and that Christ will come again. We'd be so grateful for any amount you can give, and it's tax deductible. Visit sacredheartradio.com and click donate. Use the Venmo app at Sacred Heart Radio or just send in the envelope included with the Christmas newsletter. Thank you so much, and may God bless you and yours in this Christmas season. I'm Guy. I'm Mara. And I'm Patrick, and we're the Cagney family with Coldwell Banker Realty. We support Sacred Heart Radio. And we help buyers and sellers trying to find their dream homes in Ohio, Kentucky, Indiana, and Florida. 513-347-1888 to talk to the Cagney family. Support for Sacred Heart Radio is from Central Fabricators. Central Fabricators is currently seeking welders for their ASME code fabrication shop. They're looking for hard-working professionals who enjoy meeting challenges and surpassing customer expectations. Candidates are required to have experience in fit-up and welding. This is long-term employment in a secure, rewarding full-time career with a four-day work week, health care and dental benefits, and paid vacations. More information at centralfabricators.com. That's centralfabricators.com. Offering Catholic retreats based on Ignatian spirituality, the Jesuit Spiritual Center invites you to a weekend of prayer and renewal As you begin a new year, take time to slow down, refocus, and experience the peace of Christ that surpasses all understanding. Register now at JesuitSpiritualCenter.com. JesuitSpiritualCenter.com. That's JesuitSpiritualCenter.com. JesuitSpiritualCenter.com. Every day, members of St. Vincent de Paul Cincinnati answer Christ's call, providing spiritual, emotional, and material assistance to neighbors in need. You can help when you donate your unwanted clothing, furniture, household items, or car. Visit 421care.org. Hi, I'm Jim Akers, board member with the Cincinnati Chapter of Legatus, Catholic business leaders and their spouses meeting the challenge of balancing faith, family, and business. We meet once a month for mass and dinner, along with a local or national speaker and a wonderful venue throughout the city. Many of our speakers you have heard right here on Sacred Heart Radio. Please think about joining our group of Catholic leaders and become an ambassador for Christ in your business or profession. Contact us at Cincinnati at Legatus.org. That's Cincinnati at Legatus.org. Sacred Heart Radio is blessed to have the support of Larkin Cobb Chevrolet Buick GMC in Eaton, Ohio, offering a wide range of new and used cars, trucks, and SUVs with on-site financing. Larkin Cobb, close to Eaton, Richmond, Dayton, and Brookville. On the web at LarkinCobb.com. This is Father Benedict Kroll, the Director of Mission Advancement for the Angelicum in Rome. Thank you for listening to Sacred Heart Catholic Radio. 740 WNOP Newport, 910 WPFB Middletown, or get the app, stream, podcast, and more at sacredheartradio.com. this Friday, December 22nd, as we continue through the last part of the season of Advent, let's pray in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Come and reward your people's hope, O Lord. Your birth was announced by the prophets. Strengthen those reborn in you. You came to heal the contrite of heart. Deliver your people from their sorrows. You came to bring life to all the lowly, the afflicted, and the poor. Console the childless, the aging, the hungry, and the oppressed. God our Father, 
you so loved the world that you sent your only son to bring life to those doomed to death. Raise up in him all who long to be delivered from the oppression of sin and death. We rejoice in hope as we look forward to the celebration of his coming, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, God forever and ever. Amen. It is a better way to continue through this last full week of Advent. It is the Sunrise Morning Show. We're not celebrating Christmas yet. We're just getting you ready to here in a couple days. I'm Matt Swaim. Anna Mitchell has news. Paul Lockman at the controls. We'll talk to Joseph Pierce and get some uh, literary recommendations for the season. Andrew Pettiprin will talk about his favorite uh, Christmas movies, stuff that you can maybe watch over the course of the next week. John Leindecker will be along as well. Also, Father Hezekiah's Carnazzo to look at the Sunday Mass reading. So stay with us if you can. Right now it is two minutes past. News of service of Bridgetown Finer Meats and BridgetownFinerMeats.com. Here's Anna Mitchell. Good morning. The U.S. is supporting a resolution being drafted by the U.N. Security Council that calls for a pause in the Israel-Hamas war to allow aid to flow into Gaza. Ambassador Linda Thomas-Greenfield said yesterday that the U.S. is ready to move forward on the resolution, which calls for urgent and extended humanitarian pauses in the fighting for a sufficient number of days to allow unhindered humanitarian access. The resolution does call for a U.N.-appointed coordinator to pre-screen all of the aid going into Gaza. A vote on the resolution is scheduled for today. The Latin Patriarch of Jerusalem is saying the true meaning of Christmas is more important than ever this year. Vatican News reports Cardinal Pierre Battista Pizzaballo released a Christmas video message yesterday. He said, quote, God becomes flesh out of love and communicates to us a new way of being in the world, which is to give one's life out of love for others. Pope Francis gave his annual Christmas address to the Roman Curia yesterday, taking up the theme of synodality and warned against what he described as ideological rigidity. From Vatican Radio, Linda Bordoni reports. Apparently that's not going to work. We'll try to revisit it. In other news, dozens of Russian drones are attacking Ukraine's capital. Ukrainian officials say two people are injured and several residential buildings were damaged after more than two dozen drones attacked Kyiv overnight. Ukraine's Air Force says they shot down 24 of the 28 drones. They said it was the sixth Russian drone attack on Kyiv this month. Bishop Robert Barron, who chairs the U.S. Bishops Committee on Laity, Marriage, Family, Life and Youth, has responded to concerns and confusion over the Vatican's recent declaration on blessings. He says in a statement, quote, the statement in no way calls for a change in the church teaching regarding marriage and sexuality. It, in fact, goes to great lengths to insist that in accord with unchanging doctrine, marriage is a union of one man and one woman and lifelong fidelity and openness to children, saying the blessings that are allowed by this declaration do not imply approbation of same-sex or other irregular relationships. He said, quote, Fiducia supplicans is very much congruent with Pope Francis's long-held conviction that those who do not live up to the full demand of the church's moral teaching are nevertheless loved and cherished by God and invited to accept the Lord's offer of forgiveness. 
Now let's return. Pope Francis giving his annual Christmas address to the Roman Curia yesterday, warning against what he described as ideological rigidity. From Vatican Radio, Linda Bordoni reports. Let us remain vigilant against rigid ideological positions that often, under the guise of good intentions, separate us from reality and prevent us from moving forward. The Pope said we are called to set out and journey like the Magi, following the light that always desires to lead us on, at times along unexplored paths and new roads. He encouraged those present to listen to one another and to others so they can evolve to truly offer service to the Catholic Church. And he noted that fearfully sticking to rules may give the appearance of avoiding problems, but only ends up hurting the service that the Vatican Curia is called to give to the church. The Pope upheld Mary, whose open-hearted reception of the angel's message serves, he said, as a reminder that true listening involves an interior openness needed to enter into a relationship with God. He recalled the example of John the Baptist, whose humility and courage allowed him to practice discernment, a virtue, he said, that frees us from the illusion of omniscience and challenges the temptation to perpetuate familiar patterns. Pope Francis also cited the teachings of the Second Vatican Council, noting that 60 years after the Council, we are still debating the division between progressives and conservatives. This isn't difference, he said. The real difference is between lovers and those who have lost that initial passion. The Christian faith is not meant to confirm our sense of security, to let us settle into comfortable religious certitudes and to offer us quick answers to life's complex problems. When God calls, he concluded, he sends us on a journey. He draws us out of our comfort zones, our complacency about what we have already done, and in this way, he sets us free. I'm Linda Bordoni. 8.07 now on the Sunrise Morning Show and Sports on Sacred Heart Radio is brought to you by Dr. Robert Berger and Beacon Orthopedics and Sports Medicine online at beaconortho.com. Here's Paul Lockman. Thank you very much, Anna Mitchell. Let's start with uh, Thursday Night Football. That was uh, the big game last night, and that's all the Rams knock off the Saints 30-22 to final score. Rams are now 8-6 and six and sit in the uh, sixth seed in the uh, NFC playoff picture, uh, Bengals beat the Rams uh, for feels like forever ago. But uh, how about that? Bengals will be in action on Saturday. And uh, as, as I've said earlier this week, wide receiver, star wide receiver, one of the star wide receivers, Jamar Chase, he will be out with a uh, shoulder injury. It has also been announced that uh, Steelers quarterback Kenny Pickett will be uh, out as well. Mason Rudolph will make his first start under center for Pittsburgh. All right, Ohio State basketball, they played a game last night. Didn't seem like much of one after the final score. 78-36 Buckeyes over New Orleans. Uh, Ohio State now 10-2. Cincinnati hosts uh, Stenson tonight. And uh, Major League Baseball news, another uh, big name off the board, Yamamoto. Yoshi, Yoshinumo. Yamamoto. I'll get it right by season's end. He Don't is you have the, a Japanese grandmother? I do. She doesn't speak very uh, good Japanese, though some say she doesn't speak that good of English, but <laughs> I can understand her. Uh, but uh, no, this guy is a uh, superstar pitcher, just signed a 12-year deal, 
Get 12. This. Wow. 12 years, $325 million. Maybe he could pass on a million of that over to Sacred Heart Radio. Not with my, not with me botching his name. I don't think yeah, that's Yeah, you got to get better at that. I, you know, by like I said, by season's end, who knows. But I do like uh, Red's Twitter. Red's Twitter's made a big deal about how all the Dodgers have signed all these free agents just to lose in the first round of the playoffs to the Reds next year, so... <laughs> Okay. Wishful, well, hey, I'm wish, all about that. Wishful thinking. There's. A, I would be all about that. Ain't that the truth? Now we do have Joseph Pierce on the line, and uh, Joseph uh, Chelsea. They're making some noise. Uh, maybe not in uh, English Premier League action, but uh, in a uh, different tournament. I've been told. Is that right? Yes, they got a great result on Tuesday night. Um, they they were playing Newcastle, who are did qualify the Champions League in Europe, and uh, higher than Chelsea in the league. And uh, Chelsea absolutely outplayed uh, Newcastle the whole game, but they, they gave away a very a bad goal, a bad defensive error. First half, it looked like they were going to lose 1-0, and in the two minutes of added time right at the end, stoppage time at the end, they uh, they scored an equaliser, and then they won the PK. So we're through to the semifinals of the, wow. of the League Cup. Yeah, Congratulations. Fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. Something out of Good. nothing. It's been a rare smile for me this season. I'm, I'm enjoying it. Are so, you? Uh, our legal and political analyst, Ken Craycraft, sent us a text message saying, be sure to talk about the huge Liverpool-Arsenal matchup tomorrow. Who you got? Yeah, that, that obviously is crucial because they're probably the two favorites. I mean, oh, and Manchester City, never count them out. It's probably a three-horse race. And Arsenal-Liverpool are two of those horses. They're playing each other, so obviously... Uh, the winner of that's going to have not just bragging rights, but they'll have their nose in front in in, in the race of the Premier League. Interesting. Now, Do you have a prediction? Yeah. Well, I'm hoping for a draw. <laughs> <laughs> I, that was literally my next question, is that, uh, you know, in football, you, you sometimes hope that both teams lose. So you're just hoping that neither team wins. Is that, that that's kind of the attitude? Well, really, Chelsea have no chance of catching these teams. They were too far behind. But the, the, the mathematics of it is you only get one point for a draw. You get three points for a win. So if Chelsea win and the other teams all draw, we've gained two points on everybody. So that's, that's the nice. mathematics. But, but we're not going to catch them. Those two teams are so far in front of Chelsea now that they're out, they're out of sight. So it doesn't really matter from Chelsea's perspective. Uh, I suppose I'd probably want Arsenal over Liverpool to win the Premier League because they haven't won it since 2004. And I think they're due. So that, that, might, that might be good. There you go. All right. Well, I have to uh, Arsenal's go with... my team. In the, I'm going to go with Liverpool. Because that's your they're... dad's team. They're well, the Reds. Well, they're the yeah. Reds. So that, that makes sense for me. So, uh, Joseph, hang on the line. We'll obviously get right back to you. First, let's get to traffic. I'm not sure there's going to be much out there. Traffic and service of Larkin Cobb, Chevrolet, Buick, and GMC. In Eaton, Ohio, on the web at LarkinCobb.com. Prove me wrong, Anna. Yeah, not a whole lot going on, but there is an accident that's causing a little bit of a headache uh, north of 275. On northbound 75 at 129, the left two lanes are blocked with an accident, which has you backed up toward Tylersville. So expect five to ten minutes extra to your drive time if you're out there. But otherwise, yeah, not a whole lot happening on the roadways this morning. Now, for weather... We are looking at the possibility of some rain today. It'll be mostly cloudy in Cincinnati with some isolated showers late and an overnight, or an overnight, a high today of 53 degrees, warm out. Spotty showers begin tonight. It'll be overcast with a low of 39. Spotty showers until about 2 o'clock tomorrow afternoon. Then it'll be mostly cloudy with a high of 50. For the Miami Valley-Dayton area, mostly cloudy skies today and a high around 52. Cloudy with showers tonight and an overnight low of 40. Cloudy with a few showers tomorrow. 
and a high of 50 degrees. Today is Friday, December the 22nd. Thanks for joining us here on Sacred Heart Catholic Radio. It's 13 past now. Matt? Thanks so much, Anna Mitchell. We're talking now with Joseph Pierce, visiting professor of literature at Ave Maria University, a visiting fellow at Thomas More College of Liberal Arts, also editor of the St. Austin Review. But check out his inner sanctum if you can at jpierce.co. Joseph, good morning. Good morning, Matt. So I'm glad to talk to you about this on the radio. You and I and John Mark Grota had a wonderful conversation on Coming Home Network Presents about Christmas conversion stories. And so I imagine that uh, as we're looking at some Christmas reading recommendations, Christmas Carol is probably uh, sort of the go-to. But what are some other uh, reading plans that you might suggest over these days of the Christmas season? Well, you know, on in the inner sanctum of my uh, of my personal website, I, I, we do have a Christmas festival which will be kicking off. I'll be recording this afternoon, and we'll have it for three weeks because this week, next week, and the following week is uh, before Twelfth Night still. So, uh, uh, I should be doing some uh, just readings, some of my favorite Christmas uh, works that are of the manageable length. So, this week I'll be reading *The Shop of Ghosts* by G.K. Chesterton, which is a wonderful Christmas story. Um, uh, and then uh, next week I'll probably read the, the remaining Christmas, uh, a remaining Christmas, which is a wonderful long essay by Hilaire Belloc about the way he and his family uh, celebrated Christmas. And then, of course, we have favorite Christmas poems that I will be reading uh, over the uh, over the 12 days. Very nice. Well, I know you mentioned uh, those two, the one by Chesterton and Belloc in our conversation uh, on the podcast, but Christmas poetry, uh, you know, there are a few that come to mind. Of course, all all the hymns that we sing are, are poems set to music, but do you have some favorite Christmas poems? Yeah, so, you know, what's rather interesting, I, as you may know, I, I uh, edit an anthology of poetry called Poems Every Catholic Should Know, and most of the really sort of charming Christmas poems actually belong to the Middle Ages, so they're anonymous. Um, so the Rose of Boy, Yezu, is one that, that, that comes immediately to, to mind, but there's, there are loads from, from that period. Um, uh, so Robert Suttle, of course, the Jesuit martyr, wrote several wonderful Christmas poems, including one that's best known is uh, is the one called The Burning Babe. Um, and so that, that that's great. My, my favorite Christmas carol that's also a poem, because I have two favorite Christmas carols always, carols always told people. Uh, one is uh, is um, The Holly and the Ivy, but that's a great song, very jolly, jaunty, and happy, but it's not great poetry when you look at it flat on the page. But the other one is In the Bleak Midwinter, which was actually first was written uh, as a poem by Christina Rossetti in the 19th century, and it's a wonderful poem that's also been set to, to wonderful music. Um, so so they're, they're absolute favorites of mine. Yeah, I was going to ask you a little bit about some of those favorite Christmas carols because of the poetry of them. You know, I have a, I have, I have several. I mean, a well-performed Old Holy Night is hard to beat, uh, but mm-hmm. also, you know, coming from my Wesleyan roots, um, you know, Hark the Herald Angels Sing has so many wonderful turns of phrase, you know, pleased is man with man to dwell, uh, you know, uh, veiled in flesh the Godhead see. They're like all these wonderful turns of phrase in some of these hymns that I think we sing them so often, Joseph, that we just... I think we sometimes miss the depth of them. That's that's the trouble. I think that's why sometimes it's actually worth sitting down and reading uh, the, the, those hymns, hymns that do have lyrical, poetic uh, words. I mean, as I say, it's not always the case. I mean, the, 
The Hot and the Ivy is very repetitive. It, it doesn't particularly rhyme. So when you look at it on the flat page, it, it fails as poetry, even though it, it succeeds marvelously as a Christmas Carol. But you know, but but the greatest. And you mentioned Wesley, of course. I mean, you know that. Yeah, you know, the, the, he, he's a great poet. And so you know, we should we should revisit. Sometimes, as you say, we don't see we don't see something because we look at it too much. We don't hear something because we because we sing it too often or hear it too often. So sometimes we have to step back. And one good way of doing it is to read these Christmas carols and Christmas Christmas hymns as poems. Well, you mentioned Chesterton and the the Shop of Ghosts, and uh, Father Christmas plays a role in that story. I wonder if you uh, could maybe get into why, I mean, Chesterton comes to mind, Tolkien comes to mind. Why did so many of these uh, these Catholic writers, these literary figures, love Christmas so much? Well, I mean, it is it's actually at the, at the heart of the Christian faith. I mean, if, 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 you, if you don't love Christmas, you're basically dead in the heart, and that, and that really does mean that Christ's not living in you. So insofar as you're a living, active, grace-filled Christian, you're going to be full of a love for the whole, whole uh, Christmas narrative, for Bethlehem and all the stories and paraphernalia to go with at the crib, etc. So we shouldn't be surprised that devout Catholics like J.R.R. Tolkien, who wrote, of course, the Father Christmas stories for his own children, um, and, and, and um, uh, Chesterton, apart from Father Christmas, in that obviously wrote several Christmas poems um, uh, and Christmas essays. There's actually, I've, I've got a whole volume published that was, uh, uh, I think it's called Spirit of Christmas, which is just things that Chesterton wrote on Christmas. So, you know, if you're alive, if you're alive to the beauty of the incarnation, then you are going to be in love with a Christ child. Yeah, it's absolutely the case. You know, there are, <laughs> uh, I, I would love for you to put a challenge out to people because it would be so easy to just flip through the channels and uh, about half of them, if you're a cable owner and subscriber, uh, are going to be running Christmas movies. Christmas movies you may have seen a hundred times before, and they may be some good ones. I, I think TNT runs a Christmas story for like 24 hours, uh, just back to back to back to back to back. And there's some others like that, even some favorites, uh, right? But what would you say to encourage people to perhaps curl up with a book, uh, take a little time and quiet and curl up with a book instead of just letting the screen go the whole Christmas season? Well, the biggest thing, I think, is a pure psychological one, that the experience of watching something on a screen is very passive, um, and you sort of get you sort of you get lulled into a sort of almost a semi comatose state. Whereas when you're actually reading, you're you're engaged uh, heart and mind with uh, with what, what you're doing. And just to disconnect from, from electronics from technology is so important for us to do that. And if you can't do it at Christmas when we don't need to be working or anything, then when can we? Now I do think that many of us have a problem, quite frankly, with techno addiction. So it's something we should be aware of. Of course, one way of taking care of that is, is, is to unplug for a while and open a book. It's great stuff. Well, Joseph Pierce, if our listeners want to connect with you and your Christmas celebration over there in the Inner Sanctum, how do they do so? Go to jpierce.co and join the party. 12 days worth of partying. Sounds pretty good. Joseph, thank you so much. Have a Merry Christmas, and we'll talk to you in the new year. Thank you, Matt. Merry Christmas to you, too. God bless. All right, 20 past. We got traffic and weather next. Start your new year with purpose. Gate of Heaven Cemetery of the Archdiocese of Cincinnati is here to help you understand church teachings to assist your loved ones tomorrow by thinking ahead today. Gate of Heaven Cemetery's free pre-planning seminar is on Tuesday, January 23rd, offering three time slots for your convenience, 11 a.m., 2 p.m., or 6 p.m. For reservations, 513-489-0300 or email community at gateofheaven.org.
Good food can still be fast food. Bridgetown Finer Meats, a proud supporter of Sacred Heart Radio, has a convenient online store at BridgetownFinerMeats.com. They're all your favorite prepared foods like their delicious homemade soups, beef barbecue, chicken and stuffing, and sweet potato casserole, all available at a click of a button for same-day pickup. They also have high-quality fresh meats like pork, veal, chicken, beef, and seafood, and even produce. Fast, convenient shopping on the go at BridgetownFinerMeats.com. For over 50 years, the St. Martin District of St. Vincent de Paul has been providing food, clothing, rent, and utility assistance to people in six counties of Southern Ohio. You can join the St. Martin District of St. Vincent de Paul in helping our neighbors with a monetary or vehicle donation, which is simple and easy. 800-322-8284 or donate online at runforthepoor.org. 21 minutes past the hour now, and this traffic report is a service of Rose Automotive, pre-owned vehicles on Erie Highway in Hamilton, on the web at roseautomotivegroup.com. Still got the accident blocking the left two lanes of northbound 75 at 129 and backed up toward Tylersville, so an extra 5 to 10 minutes to your drive time if you're heading in that direction. But otherwise, the interstate's moving quite well this morning. Now for weather, mostly cloudy skies today with isolated showers late today in Cincinnati and a high of 53. Spotty showers begin tonight. It'll be overcast with a low of 39. Spotty showers until about 2 tomorrow afternoon. Then mostly cloudy skies with a high of 50. For the Miami Valley Dayton area, mostly cloudy today and a high around 52. Cloudy with some showers tonight and an overnight low of 40. Cloudy with a few showers tomorrow and a high of 50 degrees. Now, please pray with me the prayer for Ohio. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. Ever-living God, you give life and desire a future for all your children. Take hold of our nation, state, and community, and awaken in every heart, offer the gift of life. Send your spirit to strengthen us with wisdom and fortitude as we defend mothers and children in Ohio from laws that disregard their health and safety. Mary and Joseph trusted in you and welcomed Jesus into our broken world. Father, we ask their intercession to protect the preborn and their mothers and to guide all parents in raising their children. May they help us build a civilization of love by upholding the sacredness of life, preserving parental rights, and accompanying pregnant women in need. We ask this through Christ our Lord. Amen. Our Lady Mother of the Family, pray for us. St. Joseph, Protector of the Unborn, pray for us. Andrew Predeprin joins us next. It's 23 past. Bill Levitt here. So happy to share with you the good news that because we've continued to receive many online gifts and one large donation, we've now exceeded our $60,000 Advent Pledge Drive goal by several thousand dollars. Thank you. Yes, in the nearly 23 years I've been blessed to be part of Sacred Heart Radio, it's times like these when we must trust that God will provide the means to get His message of hope and mercy out there in the media, even if it looks like inflation and other forces may have the best of us. But because listeners like you have provided the encouragement and funds to shine the light of Christ now over seven media platforms, we can pay the light bills and so much more. 
and to lead others into the light can be as simple as wearing a Sacred Heart Radio t-shirt, which we will send you for pledging to give just $10 a month throughout 2024. To pledge now, visit sacredheartradio.com. Again, thank you for your support and telling others about Sacred Heart Radio and the Sacred Heart Radio app. A wedding is a day. A marriage is a lifetime. Catholic Engaged Encounter Weekends are a marriage preparation program led by married couples and a priest or deacon. This is time for a couple to learn about each other and their upcoming marriage. Based on communication, intimacy, and the family they grew up in. Find out more at cincinnati-covington.engagedencounter.com. That's cincinnati-covington.engagedencounter.com. Tim Maley here, General Manager at Shock Tile and Carpet. Shock is a proud supporter of Sacred Heart Radio and local food pantries. A portion of every retail sale will help feed those in need. Or drop items off at our newly remodeled showroom and we will deliver. Family owned and operated since 1928, Shock hopes this season is filled with many blessings to you and yours. Residential, commercial, new home construction, 513-922-3466 or shocktile.com. That's S-C-H-O-C-H tile.com. Support for Sacred Heart Radio is from Rose Automotive, serving the Hamilton area with a wide selection of pre-owned cars, trucks, and SUVs. Rose Automotive, celebrating over 30 years of automotive excellence. On Erie Highway in Hamilton, roseautomotivegroup.com. The Sunrise Morning Show continues. I'm Matt Swaim, joined now by Drew Pettiprin, who, among other things, has a new book out called Popcorn with the Pope, digging into the Vatican film list. Andrew, welcome back. Glad to be back, Matt. I want to talk your top five Christmas films. We'll walk through them just a little bit, and uh, I, want to, I want to see what your, what your list is, and I want to see. I've got one to throw in at the end, and I don't know if you've seen it, and I want to get your take if you have. So... Uh, is there a, a movie that you make sure that your household watches every year that's on this top five list? Well, at the top of the list is a predictable one. It's A Wonderful Life. And uh, I think we actually started talking about it the last time we were, uh, we were together, Matt. We did. But, yeah, It's A Wonderful Life is just such a classic. It's on the Vatican film list. And as you said, if anybody wants to know about the Vatican film list, please buy my new book, Popcorn with the Pope. But It's A Wonderful Life is a great movie about prayer. It's about how God answers the prayer, the fervent prayers of his people, and um, it's also a great, a great um, movie about uh, solidarity, the Catholic social teaching, where you see a community that really cares for each other. You see a man, George Bailey, who has given his whole life in sacrifice for a community that he loves, but also kind of always wanted to get away from. But when uh, push comes to shove and he is in dire need, his community steps up and helps him. It's all in contrast to kind of the money-grubbing and, uh, and selfish ways of Mr. Potter and kind of the futuristic, technocratic way of uh, Sam Wainwright, George Bailey's childhood friend. So great yeah. movie to watch if you want uh, to, to remember the power of prayer and the power of Christian community. I, uh, I agree wholeheartedly with that one. I always joke about the angelology mistakes that they make, but I do love, I do love It's a Wonderful Life. What else is on the list? All right, next up is, um, well, I should mention at the end of It's a Wonderful Life, you, you may remember that they sing Hark the Herald Angels Sing, which is one of the great hymns of all time, a Charles Wesley hymn, one I can't wait to sing in a couple of days' time here. Um, but another movie, Christmas movie, that features that hymn is A Charlie Brown Christmas, uh, which is uh, one of the great uh, animated classics from 1965. Uh, I don't know about you, Matt, but I feel sometimes a little bit like Charlie Brown, a little bit melancholic. I um, 
I sometimes feel like the pressures of the world are just piling up on me all the time, which is why I, like you, maybe our listeners know, uh, don't have a lot of hair left on my head. It's true. It's true. Yeah, you know, it's the way it goes. But, uh, you know, Charlie Brown, you know, everything weighs upon him, and he worries about everything. And he's worried at Christmas time that things are too materialistic, too commercialized, that he's expected to have this joy in his heart, but he just doesn't have it. And uh, so he... um, he cries out in desperation in a sense at the end of the movie. Can anybody please explain the real meaning of Christmas and sweet Linus, the character Linus walks onto the stage, the spotlight hits him and he launches into Luke chapter one, the the Christmas story, the nativity story. And it is, it, it, it can't, it can't uh, help but bring tears to, to anybody's eyes. And uh, right after that, they sing Hark, Hark the Herald angels sing. It's a beautiful movie. I highly recommend it. And I can't think of, like, any cartoon that could ever get away with, like, just straight up reading the, the gospel yeah. uh, the way that Charlie Brown's Christmas special is able to. Uh, what's uh, what's a third movie you got on your list? Okay, another one is uh, another one that's good for the whole family. I don't know if anybody's seen it, but it's called Emmett Otter's Jug Band Christmas of from course. 1977. You know that one, Matt? I think I got a DVD of it laying around somewhere. I have the DVD, too. I hope people can still find it. But, uh, yeah, we have a DVD copy that we dust off every single Christmas. We just watched it two nights ago. It's a Jim Henson movie. It's got Muppets in it, uh, but it's kind of early Muppets, 1977. It doesn't have some of the characters that people might be looking for, but it's got it's a beautiful story about uh, a widow and her son, uh, Ma Otter and Emmett Otter, and they have a kind of gift of the Magi situation where they uh, destroy the possessions that they have that they use to make their meager livelihood in order to try and um, procure presents for each other at Christmas time and to further their career as singers. And, uh, you know, there are some twists and turns. There's some real funny uh, material about, uh, uh, about different characters. And it's kind of old-fashioned puppeteering, so you can even see the strings sometimes, but that adds to the charm beautiful movie for the whole family i love that one and it is it is literally i'm i'm sure intended to be a puppet version of gift of the magi with otters <laughs> it is <laughs> certain Absolutely i'm certain that that it is it's so straightforward all right so far as so i'm concerned uh andrew you're three for three so what's a fourth movie on your list all right let's get into one that may not be for the whole family but um i let my uh younger teenage kids watch it and it is a national lampoon's christmas vacation um, I think kind of scene for scene, it is one of the funniest comedies ever made. Uh, it, is, uh, it has a little bit of objectionable content, a little bit of language, a little bit of innuendo. Uh, but it is ultimately another movie about a man who is determined to um, have a, a great Christmas, but the pressures of the world weigh upon him, the pressures of his family who don't seem receptive to the, the kind of total gift that he seeks to offer to them with the sacrifice that uh, he's able to make. But uh, just a just a hilarious movie about um, the attempt to have a perfect Christmas and how the world will always try to get in the way of um, helping us um, experience the things that really matter. Uh, it's a, you know it's got a little it's a little bit of a dark comedy, but it's one that I don't know. Just as I age and as I uh, sort of try year after year to provide Christmas experiences for my family, it's one that I relate to more and more. Chevy Chase stars in that one. It's a funny one. Well, what strikes me is that uh, despite all the quirks of a family, uh, the the family still manages to get together. The boss and employee are reconciled uh, just as, you know, at the uh, manger, you know, the kings and the shepherds are reconciled. There is something about it, mm-hmm. right? I, I, uh, 
I agree with you <laughs> on, yeah. on, a, on a lot of this. And uh, even even when Clark talks about Eddie and says that his heart is bigger than his brain, yep. I think to myself, man, I wish my heart was bigger than my brain. <laughs> I know? do, too. And Eddie rightly takes that as a compliment. And I just think that's a beautiful moment. Indeed. All right. What we got left. Okay, last one. This is a real deep cut, Matt, but this is for the, the real cinephile listeners out there. It's a movie from 1969. It's a French movie. It's called My Night at Mods, M-A-U-D-E-S, My Night at Mods. It's by a director named Eric Romer, R-O-H-R-M-E-R, and he was a, a faithful Catholic, and uh, he made a lot of great kind of art house movies. This is one the kids won't enjoy probably, but it doesn't have objectionable content. In fact, it's a movie about a Catholic man who wants to marry a Catholic woman and settle down and have a Catholic family. But on Christmas Eve, he has one test he has to pass, a moral test. And so the movie is about whether he'll, he'll be able to pass it. So for you cinephiles, art house film lovers, check that one out this Christmas, My Night at Maud. All right. Thanks so much, Andrew Pettiprin. You can find his book, Popcorn with the Pope, which is a look at the Vatican film list put out by John Paul II. It's linked at sunrisemorningshow.com. 33 past. Here's Anna with news. Good morning. The U.S. is supporting a resolution being drafted by the U.N. Security Council that calls for a pause in the Israel-Hamas war to allow aid to flow into Gaza. The resolution calls for urgent and extended humanitarian pauses in the fighting for a sufficient number of days to allow unhindered humanitarian access. It does also call for a U.N.-appointed coordinator to pre-screen all aid Going into Gaza, a vote on the resolution is scheduled for today. The Latin Patriarch of Jerusalem is saying that the true meaning of Christmas is more more important than ever this year. From Vatican Radio, Lisa Zingarini reports. Cardinal Pierbattista Pizzaballa in his Christmas message referred to the ongoing war in Eastern Europe, but in particular to the conflict in the Holy Land, where he said, Since October the 7th, we have fallen into an abyss of hatred, resentment, revenge, violence and death, which have struck the Israeli society and now affect Palestinians. The Patriarch recalled specifically the humanitarian crisis unfolding in Gaza and also the hardships endured by the small Christian community in Bethlehem in the West Bank. In this dramatic situation, he noted, everyone is closed in their pain, while instead Christmas reminds us that God comes to us, makes himself present among us, and opens our hearts to meeting others and to recognizing the other as an important part of oneself. Cardinal Pizzaballa remarked that despite all the violence, we must not forget the true meaning of the Christmas message that God becomes flesh out of love and communicates to us a new way of being in the world, which is to give one's life out of love for others. Saying yes to God, he said, means opening up to dialogue, reconciliation, forgiveness and friendship. The Latin Patriarch of Jerusalem therefore concluded the message by calling on the faithful in the Holy Land and across the world to raise their gaze beyond the pain and to see God's work being done. He is truly the Lord of history, of the personal history of each one of us and of the history of the world, he said. I am Lisa Zengarini. Pope Francis is sending the prefect of the dicastery for the service of charity to the Holy Land as a sign of solidarity. Vatican News reports Cardinal Conrad Krajewski will spend Christmas with the local church in the region. 
Pope Francis gave his annual address to the Roman Curia yesterday, focusing on the themes of listening, discerning, and journeying. He said, quote, 60 years after the council, we are still debating the division between progressives and conservatives, while the real difference is between lovers and those who have lost that initial passion. That is the difference, he said. Only those who love fare forward, end quote. Bishop Robert Barron, who chairs the U.S. Bishops Committee on Laity, Marriage, Family, Life and Youth, has responded to concerns and confusion over the recent Vatican Declaration on Blessings. He says in a statement, quote, the declaration in no way calls for a change in the church's teaching regarding marriage and sexuality. In fact, it goes to great lengths to insist that in accord with unchanging doctrine, marriage is a union of one man and one woman and lifelong fidelity and openness to children, saying the blessings that are allowed do not imply approbation of same-sex or other irregular relationships. He said, quote, Fiducia supplicans is very much congruent with Pope Francis's long-held conviction that those who do not live up to the full demand of the church's moral teaching are nevertheless loved and cherished by God and invited to accept the Lord's offer of forgiveness. St. Mary's College, the all-women's college in South Bend, Indiana, is reversing course and will not admit biological men who identify as women. Pillar reports that the change was announced in an email by the chair of the board and the college president. The letter states that the board originally approved the admission of transgender men. I don't remember how to put that. People identifying as men identifying as women as the college's commitment to live Catholic values and affirm their identity as, quote, inclusive Catholic women's college. But they say it is increasingly clear, however, that the position we took is not shared by all members of our community. Some worried that this was much more than a policy decision. They felt it was a dilution of our mission or even a threat to our Catholic identity, end quote. And the holiday travel frenzy is here. Airlines have been preparing for record numbers and hoping to avoid a repeat of last year's travel nightmare when a snowstorm caused nearly 17,000 flights to be canceled and stranded hundreds of thousands of passengers this year's airlines. This year, airlines are expecting more than 39 million passengers over the holidays. Wow. I will not be one of them. However, I have some family members who are. 839 now on the Sunrise Morning Show and Sports on Sacred Heart Radio is brought to you by Dr. Robert Berger and Beacon Orthopedics and Sports Medicine online at beaconortho.com. Here's Paul Lockman. Thank you very much, Anna Mitchell. We'll start with MLB Free Agency. The Dodgers made another splash as the L.A. Dodgers have signed superstar Japanese right-handed pitcher Yoshinobu Yamamoto. I almost had it. He uh, agrees to a 12-year $325 million contract. It is the largest contract to a pitcher in Major League Baseball history. He hasn't even thrown a pitch. Uh, he's 25 years old and uh, joins after winning three straight MVP awards in the NPBL, which is uh, Japanese professional baseball. So there you go. How about this? Uh, some tweaks to MLB are officially being put in place for pace of play because we need the games even shorter. Uh, they are taking away two seconds from the pitch clock. It was originally 20 seconds when uh, there's nobody on base. Uh, now it's down to 18. Other tweaks are mound visits have been reduced from five to four, and uh, pitchers must face a batter 
if they warm up to start an inning. So uh, there you go. Last night, Thursday night football, Saints lose to the Rams 30-22. to And uh, college hoops, you see in action tonight, host Stenson. That's a look at sports. We got more on the Sunrise Morning Show right after this. Support for Sacred Heart Radio is from Dr. Robert Berger at Beacon Orthopedics and Sports Medicine. Dr. Berger has been recognized by Cincinnati Magazine nearly every year over the past 20 years as one of the top physicians in orthopedic surgery, and he serves as team physician for Xavier University, Mount St. Joseph University, and LaSalle High School. Dr. Berger treats patients of all ages at the Beacon West office on Harrison Avenue and on the east side at Cincinnati Sports Club. For more information, 513-354-3700, online at beaconortho.com. Sacred Heart Radio is blessed to have the support of Larkin Cobb Chevrolet Buick GMC in Eaton, Ohio, offering a wide range of new and used cars, trucks, and SUVs with on-site financing. Larkin Cobb, close to Eaton, Richmond, Dayton, and Brookville. On the web at LarkinCobb.com. In this crazy world, where can Catholics go with their hard-earned money and not support businesses that go against our faith? Check out the Angels List on SacredHeartRadio.com. It's a list of businesses owned and operated by our Catholic brothers and sisters who underwrite Sacred Heart Catholic Radio. And if you'd like to get your business on the Angels List, email me, Leah, at SacredHeartRadio.com. That's Leah at SacredHeartRadio.com. Back with us now on the Sunrise Morning Show is Father Hezekiah Carnazzo from the Institute of Catholic Culture. Good morning, Father. Good morning, Annie. It's a blessing to be with you and your listeners this morning. I apologize. My voice is a little bit off. I've got, I've got a Christmas cold. Oh, Christmas cold. Well, we will be praying for you and your health ahead of uh, all of the Christmas festivities. Oh, I certainly appreciate that. We've got a long road ahead, but it's all worth it for uh, we are going to approach the throne of God himself, which is our theme this Sunday. Yes. We only have one day for the the fourth week of Advent, and it is the fourth Sunday of Advent this weekend. What an interesting choice of readings, Father. We're in the second book of Samuel, chapter 7, and basically King David wants to build a house for the presence of God, but then finds out that he's not allowed to. Why are we hearing this reading on the fourth Sunday of Advent? Well, I, I must stress how important this particular chapter, these verses are in the Old Testament, and how they drove the expectation of the people at the time of the, of the coming of Christ. Second Samuel chapter 7, all of your listeners, Annie, would do well to get out your Bible and read this particular chapter, Second Samuel chapter 7, in which it, it talks about, as you said, the, uh, the desire of David to establish the temple of God. Of course, up to this point, um, the, the uh, presence of God among his people was realized in the tent of meeting, which was built by Moses during the time of the Exodus. But now the Exodus, really in Second Samuel chapter 7, comes to its conclusion. All the way here, now many generations later, Finally, David takes the throne city of Jerusalem and then begins thinking to himself, why is it that I live in a palace on Mount Sion in Jerusalem in the ancient throne city while God, who is truly the king of his people, 
dwells in this tent. And therefore, he declares to the prophet Nathan that he would build this temple of God. And here's the, the turning point in why Second Samuel chapter 7 is so critically important. God intervenes in this moment and says, No, David, you are not the establisher of the throne of God on earth. The throne of God, the presence of God among his people, is not something to be determined and controlled by a man. So that was the idea of ancient paganism. No, the presence of God among his people is a gift of God, and it is not to be controlled by men. For God dwelling among his people means that he will truly be the king. He will establish the laws. He will determine the direction of the kingdom, and not man. This is fundamentally important for us, Annie, not only in the Old Testament, but for us today to remember that the throne of God is a gift. It is a gift that we are stewards of. The presence of God among his people is truly a gift. And, it, and, and there, therefore, he says, no, David, you will not build a temple, for the temple of God is not made by man. It is made by God himself. And I will establish my presence among my people, he says in Second Samuel chapter 7. But it will be one that is received as an inheritance. And having received it as an inheritance, it will remain forever, regardless of the vicissitudes and the sins of mankind. Yeah, he reveals to David, I will raise up your heir after you, sprung from your loins, and I will make his kingdom firm. I will be a father to him, and he shall be a son to me. Your house and your kingdom shall endure forever before me. Your throne shall stand firm forever. So is he talking about Solomon here, Father? This is this is important. Solomon is not named, but certainly one that comes forth from David will receive a throne which will remain forever. I can't stress how important those words are, Annie, for this is truly the first time from the beginning of scriptures since, since the establishment of the creation of Adam and Eve, the Son of God, made in his image and after his likeness, that the Father tells us that, that the promise made to Adam and Eve in chapter 3, verse 15, that he will ultimately be, be, be victorious over evil, that God's reign over his people will be restored since the fall. Now, one coming from David, a man, will be called the Son of God. Of course, we know as Christians, having received the fulfillment of this, the gift of Jesus himself, born of the Virgin, that Second Samuel chapter 7 does not speak simply of Solomon, nor the establishment of the temple built out of stone. But ultimately, the temple which is prophesied in Second Samuel chapter 7, that temple and that kingdom which will remain forever, is that which is fulfilled in Jesus Christ, who establishes a temple not made out of stone, not made, out of, not made from the hands of man, but from the hand of God himself, carved into the face of Jesus Christ, who is himself the true temple of God which is what we learn in the gospel here. According to Luke chapter 1, the story of the Annunciation, where the angel Gabriel says he will be great. He will be called Son of the Most High, and the Lord God will give him the throne of David 
his father fulfilling that prophecy that we've just been talking about. That's exactly it, Annie. And I and I think at this time, it's such a, a challenging time in society, in our church itself, when it, it is believed, as David thought, that we would be the establishers of the, of the presence of God among us, that we would be the ones who determined how the kingdom is to be lived out, when we would be the ones who would, in a sense, control God's action among men. We are reminded, no, that the throne of God, the kingdom of God on earth, indeed, the church established by Jesus Christ is one that we have received as a gift. And as I said before, regardless of the vicissitudes of man, that throne, that temple of God will remain forever for it is our humanity joined to the eternal person of the Word, no longer to be broken apart, no longer to be divided, because it is established in the eternal person of the Word of God himself. We've been talking to Father Hezekiah Carnazzo. And, Father, if listeners want to check out what the Institute has coming up in the new year, where can they get that info? Institute of Catholic Culture.org. We have a, a tremendous amount of educational opportunities planned for you, all free of charge. Institute of Catholic Culture.org. And you can find the Institute of Catholic Culture linked at sunrise morning show.com. We had a little trouble getting John Leyendecker on the line, so I just wanted to put out there, he was going to talk about a divine liturgy, since we just talked to Father Hezekiah, who's a Byzantine priest. Uh, there will be a divine liturgy for the Feast of the Nativity at uh, St. Anthony of Padua Church on Victory Parkway on December 25th at 1.30 p.m. So if you'd like to attend Christmas festivities... Byzantine style. It'll be epic. December 25th, Monday, 1.30 p.m. at St. Anthony of Padua on Victory Parkway. We'll be back right after this. It's 10 till. I'm Bill Torbeck of Tri-State Abrasive and Tool Company, proud to support Sacred Heart Radio. Diamond and CBN are the most advanced cutting tools because they're the hardest materials known. These enable you to machine three to eight times faster compared to carbide while reducing downtime for tool changes by 90%. Improve your productivity when machining hard, cast, and powdered metals or difficult-to-machine materials. Find out more at TheAbrasiveOne.com. That's the number one, TheAbrasiveOne.com. Pregnancy Center West is committed to protecting the unborn by encouraging women to see and choose the beauty of life while offering practical assistance for them and their families. Donate securely online at SupportPCW.org. That's SupportPCW.org. Support for Sacred Heart Radio is from Delhi and Harrison Pet Centers with everything your pet needs from guppies to puppies. Offering curbside pickup in-store and online shopping at DelhiPetCenter.com. That's DelhiPetCenter.com. Offering Catholic retreats based on Ignatian spirituality, the Jesuit Spiritual Center invites you to a weekend of prayer and renewal. As you begin a new year, take time to slow down, refocus, and experience the peace of Christ that surpasses all understanding. Register now at JesuitSpiritualCenter.com. JesuitSpiritualCenter.com. That's JesuitSpiritualCenter.com. JesuitSpiritualCenter.com. Got a coffee lover on your Christmas list this year? Give them the gift of Mystic Monk Coffee. 
The Carmelite monks of Wyoming have a number of seasonal blends that would make for a great Christmas morning brew. And when you purchase it, after clicking the Mystic Monk link at sunrisemorningshow.com, you support the monks and the show. If your coffee lover is also a fan of the Sunrise Morning Show, pick up a mug or travel mug for them in our online store. Get a mug and link to Mystic Monk Coffee at sonrisemorningshow.com. That's sunrisemorningshow.com. It is 8.52, and uh, Anna Mitchell, this is the last uh, live stuff we're going to be able to do between now and uh, 2024. I know it. Isn't that crazy? It's wild. It's wild. Which is wild, but we're grateful for uh, everyone who has been part of our Sacred Heart Radio family, whether you just joined us this year, whether you've been part of us since the beginning. It's always kind of a, kind of a, a, a bittersweet thing to uh, sort of say goodbye on the live show heading into the holidays. But we got to spend time with our families, too. I know you're going to be spending time with, with yours across the listening area. Anna Mitchell, what are mm-hmm. your big plans for Christmas? Going to Grandma and Grandpa's house. Makes sense to me. Yeah. It's going to be, you know, epic as it usually is. The kids have been very excited. They've been off almost all week. Their last day of school was Tuesday. Wow. And, um... Yeah, so I think we now that I don't have much to do work-wise, I think maybe we'll do something today. I don't know what, but something. Okay. Yeah. Well, that sounds good. What about you? Sounds good. What's going yeah. on? Um, and doing the Southern Loop, visiting nice. uh, grandparents as well for a few days. So that'll be good. That'll be good times. Kentucky Christmas. Uh, you know, a little farther south from our Sacred Heart Radio listening audience but it'll be good times um and uh how was zeke's birthday it was good times for that as well uh he got some cool some cool things um of course it's my my, i neglected to mention yesterday it was also my father-in-law's birthday right right and uh he retired this week so there was all kinds of other stuff going on with that so congratulations to him a happy birthday to them both and uh and yeah, have you figured out what your mass schedule is going to be like for? Yes. Well, as many listeners, speaking of birthdays, you know, yeah. the Lord's birthday, the Lord's birthday. As many listeners know, my husband works in the medical field, and so he has to work on Christmas Day from seven a.m. to seven p.m. So our holiday mass schedule will be Saturday vigil mass and then Sunday a vigil mass. Okay. Probably earlier in the evening, not the midnight mass, because he's got to wake up at 6 to get to work. So we're kind of restricted by his work schedule this time sure. around. So Sure. Yeah. I think I'm not 100% solid on this. We'll see what we get into when we get down there. But I believe we're going to try and go to uh, Sunday morning for the fourth Sunday of Advent and then actually do Christmas morning church. Oh, cool. So maybe later in the morning after having gotten up uh, before all the the things start to gather at my uh, see that's my nice house. like it's so funny because the the idea of christmas we'll get out of mass, people's like, way for a little bit kids kids like leaving the house when they know that there are all these presents and things it sounds so hard to get them to be willing to get ready and leave but Zeke is now of an age where you can reason with him in that regard. Yeah, but also, we'll have torn into that stuff by like 6 o'clock that morning. <laughs> and so, so the he's prospect of like a 10 a.m. mass Just sounds and us so like, nice. just being like, let's get out of here. 
let's let's get out of here and go to church for a little bit. Let everybody recover, and then yeah. we'll come back. Yeah. So I, I don't. Stuff. It's I cannot remember the last time I went to church on a Christmas morning because I'm a vigil guy for Easter and Christmas. Mm-hmm. I love the night before, like being yep. able to be there to ring in the beginning of it. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it'll be interesting. Christmas morning this year, I think, is the ticket. Nice. I don't even I don't even know what the vibes like for that. I mean, I, I do, but I don't remember. It's been years and years and years. Well, Anna Mitchell, Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Paul, Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas to Paul as well. And to Travis. To Travis, and, who's uh, been Bill sick this and week. Beverly and yep. Gail and Father Rob. From all of us to all of you, have a Merry Christmas this weekend. May God bless you and keep you and grant you his peace. If you're planning to give an end-of-the-year gift to Sacred Heart Radio, we are grateful. And there are several ways to give, including a stock gift through your IRA or a donor-advised fund. There's planned giving, employee matching funds. You can send a check, donate online, and more. Contact your financial advisor for more information on the tax benefits of donating to Sacred Heart Radio. And to see and read about all the ways to give, visit sacredheartradio.com and click on Ways to Give. Support us from Andiamo Artisan Bakery in Hamilton's German Village, featuring authentic Italian cookies and sweets to grace your table during the holidays. From their signature Sicilian almond paste cookies to cannoli and tiramisu, celebrate the season with the flavors of chocolate, walnut, and fig. Order in store or online at andiamo-artisan-bakery.com. That's A-N-D-I-A-M-O, andiamo-artisan-bakery.com. Support for Sacred Heart Radio is from Hoding Realtors, trusted and recommended by generations of families to sell their homes. Licensed in Ohio, Kentucky, and Indiana. Hoding Realtors, 513-451-4800 and at hoding.com. Support comes from On a Mission to Love for books, handcrafted gifts for baptism, communion, confirmation, wedding, birthdays, and more, all deeply based in the rosary and devotion to our Holy Mother. Onamissiontolove.com. That's onamissiontolove.com. Support for Sacred Heart Radio is from J.C. Health Insurance agent George Justin. If you're turning 65, retiring, or simply have Medicare questions, George has answers. George is your pro-family, pro-life guide to Medicare, helping to simplify your transition by guiding you through the options to find a plan that meets your unique needs, all at no cost to you. Find out more from George Johnston at J.C. Health Insurance, 859-414-6591. That's 859-414-6591. Working to see the culture of life prevail in the Miami Valley, Dayton Right to Life is here to protect God's gift of life through law, education, and community action, from fertilization to natural death. Find Dayton Right to Life online at DaytonLife.org. That's DaytonLife.org. The Cincinnati Chapter of Legatus is a national network of Catholic business owners, CEOs, and managing partners facing the challenges of faith, family, and business each day. We meet once a month with our spouse for a mass, dinner, and speaker. We have the support of the Archdiocese of Cincinnati and many members throughout the parishes, including yours. We would appreciate the chance to share what we are about with you and enjoy Mass together soon. Contact us at Cincinnati at Legatus.org. That's Cincinnati at Legatus.org. I'm Father Ronald Half from Our Lady of Divine Providence Family of Parishes. Thank you for listening to Sacred Heart Catholic Radio. 740 WNOP Newport, 910 WPFB Middletown, or get the app, stream, podcast, and more 